And good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He is Griffin Bass. we got a lot to do on the program today. Coming up a little bit later on, we will make our picks for the week. Ken Zalis will join us. Mr. Lights Out himself, Sean Merriman, checks in with us. We'll talk some Terps with him. Get his thoughts on uh, Kyle Van Noy, who, of course, was with the Chargers most recently. Some other topics. Get you segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show with Justice Hill. That's all coming up a little bit later on in the program. But I'm very excited because here in hour number one, we have a very special guest in studio. I was once his desk neighbor at uh, the Baltimore Ravens and someone that's always been very good to me. Actually, once, you know, I just remember I hosted a, a radio show with your son, too, at one point, actually. We got it. Yeah, we need the John's mic on for sure. Yeah, right? It's, so do we spell that O-L-D? Oh, no. No, <laughs> that's not what I was trying to say there at all. <laughs> anyway, he is John Eisenberg, and he has a new book. It's called Rocket Men, and it is available right now. Griffin's going to link it up on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio. The black quarterbacks who revolutionized pro football, and John Eisenberg is in studio with us this morning. John, it's great to see you, sir. Well, it's it's great to be back on with you. I appreciate it. Um, I got to tell you that I got the book, and somehow I looked at it, and I didn't decipher that I was looking at a 400-page book, despite <laughs> the fact that I could see it. And so for like a week, it sat here where I have like, this is where I keep books that I need to read, is right here up against this wall in the studio. And then Griffin said, hey, John's going to be on you know, next Thursday. I'm like, oh, good. I got a, I got a week to, to dive in and get this done. And then, of course, you know how weekends go around here. I'm watching football. And then I realize, like, I have three days to get this done. No big deal. And then I sit down and I say, oh, God. <laughs> oh, 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 God. So I will tell you, I finished the Lamar Jackson chapter at 9.06 this morning before I drove into the studio today. So it was a, it was a heck of a, a work. I didn't, didn't have a chance to take many notes. So I'm doing everything by memory. But I was able to knock it all out over the course of the last three days. Well, I just say I appreciate the industry, uh, your industry. I'm impressed with it. And if the Orioles had been playing, I think it oh, might, yeah. might have been in trouble. Might not have happened <laughs> at all. Not a chance that would have <clears throat> occurred. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, John, so there's so many places where I want to go with this book. And I start with why always. Why was this the path? And I'm going to assume that that the why might relate to you know, working with the Ravens the last couple of years, the arrival of Lamar Jackson, and was that what got the wheels spinning for this being a project that you wanted to go after? Yeah, yeah, that, that was certainly part of it. I mean, as always, it's if you're going to spend, and this took three years, so if you're going to spend three years, it's a combination of things, usually not just one thing, that makes you want to dive in that hard to a project. And uh, Lamar's experience uh, early in his career in particular uh, definitely had something to do with it when he joins the Ravens right after a combine where, you know, they said uh, it was the Chargers, I believe, said to him, you're going to run the you're going to run the 40 because you'd be a good wide receiver. And there was some of that stuff. So I thought, golly, I mean, you know, and then in the second year in the league, he's MVP. Mm -hmm. And it's like and so we're dealing with that almost 100 years into the NFL. And I don't know, there was something deep inside me that, uh, I mean, I've written in this market for, you know, a long time. And I've written about race uh, in all my books, almost all my books have had a racial component and stuff at the sun for many years. And, you know, when you get boxes full, back in the pre 
internet or, you know, people could just put a comment on there and they would send you a letter if they were unhappy with something you'd written. I had boxes of letters of things that I would write sometimes. I remember going to the 88 Olympics and there was the uh, black figure skater, Debbie Thomas. Mm -hmm. Just getting, just, I just wrote these normal columns about her and I came back from the Olympics and just, I was just appalled at the at the sort of the ra- it's just racist stuff that I was getting, and I and that opens your eyes to the fact that you know you need to shine a light on stuff always whenever you can do your part uh, as much as you can and so in this book you know and certainly in today's world I feel like golly I mean we it, can, can I let me let me put this as 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 blatantly as I can I think we're having a little bit of a crisis of truth you know mm-hmm. and uh, so I no. thought you know no yeah. you're kidding <laughs> so you're kidding. this is my little corner it's like I'm going to shine a light on what happened in this sport that we all enjoy this happened okay this is something that happened you know black quarterbacks couldn't get on the field in the NFL and so just shine a light on it and throw it out there and that's it. Let, let me follow up on that, because some of the early chapters of the book, um, an outsider might say, why are these people worth writing about? They barely played in the NFL. Like, they barely, from a number of them didn't play at all, right? Some right. of them it was, they got on the field for a game, right? I, I feel like what was needed to be conveyed speaks to, because I'm sure you you roll your eyes at this all the time, why are we still talking about race? Why does that matter? And I feel like the answer that you get from those is that you you don't understand the pain. You don't understand how deeply personal and how truly painful it is. Even when you say, well, look, there's you know, the, the league is is full of black quarterbacks now. It's you don't understand how deeply hurtful and painful this topic is to so many people who should have had wonderful football careers and yet were denied that opportunity literally only because of the color of their skin yeah denial by stereotype that this it is a story of opportunity that that's that's really all it is is getting a chance when given a chance so many guys have done well but the guys that are playing today are they definitely stand on the shoulders of guys who didn't get that chance? And yes, you talk about the pain. Think about uh, the the characters uh, that I write about in this book. So many bad endings to to people's lives. Sandy Stevens, uh, 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 you know, the first black uh, college all all American quarterback at the University of Minnesota in 1960 wins the Rose Bowl, never plays a down in the NFL, uh, and. So, you know, he dies fairly young. Uh, it broke his heart, you know, that he never got to play. Uh, Eldridge Dickey, uh, the first black first-round draft pick, uh, never played a down of quarterback in the NFL. You know, he died young, you know, and he got his life together. But before that, there was addiction problems and all sorts of stuff. Joe Gilliam, a people mm-hmm. who's one that a lot of people know, also died. I mean, so many broken hearts. And maybe lives would have turned out differently if they played and not dealt with some, and of course there are many other factors in these people's lives uh, that may have conspired to a difficult uh, a time in their lives. But yes, I mean that that is really well put. I mean there there are, there are, the guys playing today stand on the shoulders of guys who were bitterly disappointed. John Eisenberg is in studio with us. The book is called Rocket Men. It's available right now. And John, in reading those stories, and particularly getting into the era where 
you if you literally had to make a decision as a black quarterback, am I going to just go ahead and switch positions? Or am I just going to go accept that I'm going to have to play in Canada? Like, that's going to be my only... I don't have this option. It's so stark to me, like, that reality of I can't even consider a path forward, no matter how successful, no matter how good I am, I can't even consider a path forward as being an NFL quarterback. I have to know right now I have two options. Switch positions, deny myself the ability to play the position that I care about, that I love, or go to Canada and it's just sort of and and, you know that was obviously better than to your point even some of the options that quarterbacks had had before that but still we're not that far removed from this era of football uh how about Anquan Bolden I I I didn't mention him in the book but uh you know and I didn't interview him for the book great high school quarterback famously (laughs) of course was pressed into duty at Florida State in a bowl game when they had their quarterbacks got hurt they had him go play quarterback yeah could definitely could have been a good quarterback and there's there's just dozens of guys like that probably hundreds uh guys that that change positions and yes i wanted to in this trace the history of that people that the the early ones that change change positions but uh, there are many of them that could have played quarterback very definitely but yeah the, the canadian i've heard from the canadian media it's really interesting they're they're very interested in sort of the canadian piece of this because their football uh, has a long tradition of of successful black quarterbacks coming from America. I, I Tracy Ham, by the way, uh, yeah. stands out to me. Of course, we saw here in Baltimore Absolutely. with the uh, CFL team here in town. Right, um, John. I, I I bring all of this up. One of the stories, and I don't want to give. I, I want people to read the book, right? <laughs> so I don't want to give everything away today. But I could kind of feel it coming when you alluded to him a couple times earlier in the book, and then when you opened the Lamar Jackson chapter. By talking about Ozzy, it was really fascinating to me because I've probably heard that story at some point along the line somewhere. And, you know, as, as I'm now reaching my 40s, like I'm starting to have things escape my mind a little bit. <laughs> but I almost felt it coming that, like, there was going to be an Ozzy Newsome story because you had alluded to him a couple of times earlier on in the book. And I had never really thought about an athlete of his stature and that he literally had to deal with this. Someone that we think of as someone who broke down barriers, someone who we think of as a a seminal figure in football history because of what he's done, not only as a Hall of Fame player, but obviously as someone who would otherwise be a Hall of Fame executive. But like this actually impacted and affected him too and maybe was a little bit more personal for him. Uh, absolutely. Muscle Shoals, Alabama, 1969. Uh, yes, the story. I, I won't give it all away. But, yeah, he, he, he went to a football practice. And he was the best. He was a, had been a, a 13 years old. He'd been a great player in the neighborhood as an 8-, 9-, 10-year-old in peewee football. And of course, they quickly realized the ball should be in your hands, you know, my friend. And so it was. He was the quarterback. But he made a decision at a practice. Uh, either join the, the, the line for receivers or the quarterbacks because, uh, you know, that was his choice. Because And he already knew, you know, Ozzy, a great gatherer of information. Mm-hmm. He already he said, I was reading Sports Magazine. I mean, he's so funny. I, I knew everything that was going on there. At 13, he's sort of analyzing this, and he says, I, I just, the, the path forward was better as receiver than as a quarterback. And so could he have been a quarterback? It sounds, I mean, he's big. But uh, could he have been? Is he bigger than Cam Newton? 
I mean, you know. It's a fair point. Yeah, so I don't know. He could have been, but uh, it definitely impacted him. And, uh, yes, I went to Ozzy. I felt like he not only did he draft Lamar, but I, I, I just thought and I hoped as I went into writing about, how am I going to write about Lamar that is different, uh, you know, somehow so much I had done it. I mean, everybody's done so much about him. What would be different? And I thought Ozzy's eyes on this story through the prism of the black quarterback history had to be interesting. It just had to be interesting. And he was up for it, fortunately, very up for it. I gave him a copy of the book a few weeks ago in his office. He goes, oh, you got it done. (laughs) (laughs) This wasn't just a vanity project where I was going to sit around for five years and never put the book out. Yeah, he says, yeah, I said, yeah, I got it done. So anyway, he was of great help, as always, such an interesting guy to talk to. He is John Eisenberg. He's in studio with us. Today's show is brought to you by Superbook. Go to Superbook.com right now or download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you do, and you'll get a same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose. Again, Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. I should have. If I was really good at segues, I would have said, speaking of Superbooks, you know. I'll, I'll get there one day. One day I'll, one day I'll get there, and I'll be better at that. Yeah, right. Um, one of the things that I felt as I was reading, John, was I, I wonder as I, as I started to read, it became clear to me, this was not the purpose of the book once I got a few chapters in, but as I started to read, I was like, is this going to be about the villains? Is this going to be about specifically naming names who were the worst of the people at this? And obviously George Preston Marshall plays... A, a, a significant role in the early chapters of the book and stands out among them. You reference the, the Rush Limbaugh, Donovan McNabb thing. You reference the Bill Polian, Lamar Jackson thing. But for the most part, it felt like it wasn't uniquely about the villains, and it felt like more that was because, you know, everyone was kind of a villain. Like, the, yeah. the, the country was the villain. The era was the villain. The game, the sport. It felt like there couldn't be particularly unique villains because the problem was so st- systemic that it was everyone. It was everyone. I mean, it was... Uh, the, the reason uh, not too many names are named is you got to be really careful... Uh, if you're going to say, all right, so-and-so was a racist or mm-hmm. whatever, it's like, oh, okay, uh, you know, are you, you know, what's your proof? You you better have stuff. And so, yeah, I heard a lot about a lot of people along the way. But, uh, you know, I ultimately decided you got to be really just, you can't be, you can't be cavalier about it and just throw a name out there and said, oh, you know, you hear about different guys going back to the 60s. And, you know, Upton Bell is is an uh, <coughs> unbelievable resource. Uh, he was Burt Bell's son. And that's the, the dichotomy there is very interesting, right? Because you yeah. reference Burt Bell at first, and then when you introduce Upton Bell, it's sort of almost the exact opposite of how you told the story of Burt Bell. Right, 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 yes. Uh, Upton was here with the Colts and uh, later with the Patriots and has, now, has been a radio guy. You may have had him on. Um, I, years <laughs> yeah. ago, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just a, but a great resource about the 50s well, I mean, and the I say 60s. it's been a while. He's probably in his 80s at this point, right? He yeah. is. He is. And so he talked about uh, breaking in as a scout with the Baltimore Colts in the mid-1960s. And when he would go out on the road, what he would hear from everybody else, mm-hmm. to, to your point, from everyone. He'd be at an HBCU. 
and they'd be looking at the quarterback, and somebody would say, boy, he's going to be a good receiver or whatever. You know, he would tell these stories. There was just no way. And he's in his 20s and completely different generation. Everybody else was older. But so it was totally baked into the groupthink. I had to go through this manuscript and take the word groupthink out because Mm -hmm. it was in so many places. I had to work on that because that's really what it was. Now, and, and it's, I'm, I'm very hesitant to paint with a broad brush. It, was it just race? Was it racism, period? In all cases, no. I mean, in some cases, yes. It's interesting that you <laughs> reference a few places where you're like, look, that it, and this is, I think, one of the difficult conversations that we had a few years ago um, in the summer of George Floyd, where right. people that otherwise think, you know, I, I, I said this to a few of my friends, like, I think I'm an ally, but I'm I maybe not considering how deep and intrinsic certain natures of whether you call it racism or whether you just call it privilege or something along those lines permeate because what what I did think was interesting a few times that you referenced in the book it's like it's not like these guys weren't signing black players it's not like they hated black people they just this was unique to and I know you referenced a couple of the other positions center you know inside linebacker that were thought of as like thinking man's positions right but to call a person racist versus this thought process was racist. The way that we treated this unique position was was obviously you know, vehemently racist. It, it's a kind of a fine line in the way that you talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's two different things. Now, you could easily lump them together and say that it's a, they're both unfair and they're both awful. Uh, they are two. It is, it is two different things. It, it, it is, uh, you know, just flat out being, you know, I'm not giving that guy a chance and, you know, awful racist ideology or, uh, you know, uh, thinking that maybe perhaps this particular test. I mean, they're both they're both racist. You know, there's no question about it, but it, it does come from a different place. And I don't know. I mean, you can you, it's a slippery slope. You can go down that. You're writing about people. Uh, the book is as much about you know the the white decision makers of course they're totally key to the story because they had all the keys to the door and so you just had to be very careful i thought with but there is no question that you're looking at something that as i said it happened and uh you know where it came from i think is pretty clear uh, the thought processes of the 50s and the 60s, and and it was no—I also wanted to point out, as I did, you know, it was no different from other industries. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that that's what—we're talking about black leadership, basically, in America, and there were no CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Uh, the, the first Joint Chiefs of Staff in the military yep. was Colin Powell in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. So these doors reference the governors of, you know, this, you know, like yeah. things along. obviously we didn't have a president until, you know. Like. Yeah, right. So it's just starting to happen. Similar. It's very similar. So I, I, I bring that up. Let me let me ask it this way. After all of the work that you put in, all the research that you did within the book, what led us to today where it's certainly not perfect. And Lamar Jackson chapter is an interesting dichotomy. I'll come back to. But yet we know things have changed, and you reference a few times how drastically things have changed, that now you know Jalen Hurts doesn't have to answer questions about being a black quarterback any longer, the way that no. you know famously quarterbacks would reach the Super Bowl and would have to simply answer questions about being black for years. Is the biggest factor there 
change in America is the biggest factor there. The success of Warren Moon is the biggest factor there. What you alluded to in the 80s, the competition between multiple leagues that kind of forced the hand of the NFL a little bit. What to you was the biggest factor in changing the course of history for black quarterbacks? That, that's a great question. I mean, obviously, it's all that little bit change in America to some degree, without a doubt, especially when you go back 50 years ago, the 1960s, and even in the civil rights movement when there was so so much less opportunity. So there there is more opportunity now for the black quarterbacks. Um, I think it's all that. I also think a, a key part of it to some degree— uh, I mean, when you talk about Jalen Hurts, yes, he doesn't have to answer to me. He got drafted in the second round. That's fair, right? It's, and, and, and you, and that's the dichotomy. So the dichotomy is like if the book ends after the Patrick Mahomes chapter, it feels like kind of a movie ending, right? right. Like exactly right. But you you allude at the end of the Mahomes chapter to, but, <laughs> like, but for everything that's been going this way, but, and it takes you right in. To the Lamar Jackson chapter, for for those like and I, I, again because I read the entire book, for the most part, chapters are uniquely about individual quarterbacks. Not always the case. Like you would let you did a Doug Williams chapter, then you came back to Doug Williams, you know, winning the Super Bowl, obviously in Washington. Yeah. Um, there are a couple chapters where you covered a, a few different quarterbacks, uh, but for the most part, it's the chapters are based around individual quarterbacks, and I thought that was fascinating that you ended the Patrick Mahomes chapter, which would otherwise be, like, this is how the movie concludes, right? Is now look at how things have changed right into, oh, my God, what Lamar Jackson dealt with feels like all of these things all over again. It feels like the exact same thing that was occurring 40 years ago and that there's been no progress made whatsoever despite all of this insane success that black quarterbacks had experienced in the decade of the 2010s. Well, uh, you're you're a wise reader because uh, I went around with my editor on that, and you know the the editor did say, "Hey, 20, you know, chapter 28 on Patrick Mahomes, it's a great ending." And I said, "It is not the ending. It is not the ending. You know, that's not what I want to say in this book." Because uh, I had had an interview with James Harris, who I knew from this yep. time he worked with the Ravens, and he says it it continues. He's in his 70s now, and he said it continues. You know, it's going on. This, yeah, things are better, but it continues, and it's going to rear its head here and there. And you don't be fooled. And so now he's a guy that lived it, and it comes at it from a place of it's never going to go away. So it's uh, understandably, Bobby, if I'm <laughs> yeah. Shaq Harris, I that's how could you not feel that way, right. given what you've been through? Right. So that that gives you pause to to give. Uh, and I also knew the, the other things I wrote about at the end, how there are fewer black backup quarterbacks and we don't have journeymen. Boy, boy was that part <laughs> fascinating to me, John. Okay, so, by the way, John Eisenberg in studio, we're talking about Rocket Men, his new book. We talked a lot. I don't think I had ever heard the word microaggression, right? Like, until, again, we go back four to five years ago and post-Colin Kaepernick and these conversations becoming more hey, we think we've made progress in this area, but you don't. Un- there are certain things you don't understand because you don't live it, right? You right. can't understand our experience because you don't live it. It's easy for you to say, well, look, you know, a black president, whatever it is that you want to say to make yourself feel better, right. you don't understand that. And the backup quarterback thing was something that I had never given a thought to at any point, that 
how easy it has been for teams to just simply say, we're moving on from black quarterbacks altogether. And for black quarterbacks to have wild success and then be out of the league quickly, whereas white quarterbacks who have never had any success in the NFL, who have never played, have been able to linger around for 14, 15 years. And what it speaks to, not that anybody is saying uniquely that this is a better quarterback than this other person is, but the stereotypes of, but I want my backup quarterback to be sort of an extra coach. Right. And I don't think that a black... That, man, you know, <laughs> of all the things I had to think about in reading this book, that really blowed my mind with, like, the next level of racism when someone says, well, yeah, but look at how much better it is for black quarterbacks. Right, but is it? <laughs> yes, well, the the backup quarterback thing is huge, and it also has something to do, I think, with because the current biggest problem, obviously, is co- head coaches and the coaching mm. situation. Not nearly enough black head coaches in the NFL, and I don't think the NFL knows what to do about it. The Rooney Rule is not really working, which forces minority interviews. It's not really working, and I don't think the NFL knows what to do about it. Uh, it's hard to control these individual franchises. And Doug Williams was the one that said to me, you know. So many coaches, they come from the quarterback position, offensive coaches, and what better way to learn pro football than to be a carry a clipboard for 10 years and go to all the meetings and be prepared. And so it's not that black quarterbacks have been shut out of that, but there's not nearly as many. Starting to see a few more now. Tyrod Taylor was a guy that yeah. was in the league for 12 years, mostly a backup. Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, there, there's, there's a bunch. I mean, Geno Smith was a backup. And, but look what happened. Right. He finally gets a chance, and he's good. But uh, so that is uh, something that is ongoing. Right, but it's also mind-blowing that Cam Newton was out of the league altogether as quickly as he was. Yes. And and we were pretending like there couldn't be value for Cam Newton somewhere. Right. It's kind of insane. And it's something that at the time I remember thinking about but being like, yeah, okay, but I guess I kind of get it, right? Like he physically he's been through some things. And then reading the book, it like hits me and with a the, the Cam Newton was the one that hit me the most. Just gone. Like, he's out of the league. Yeah. He's it's not because he wants to be. We saw him. He's running around at Pro Day at Auburn trying to remind everybody, like, hey, I physically am still capable of doing this. He's out of the league. Well, how about there's, there's ninety guys. I know. And he's not one of them. Yeah, and, and some of these guys that are, you just can't believe it. Right. And you think Cam Newton. How about uh, you know, a personal version of it. You know, my wife went to the University of Texas. Okay. Okay. And uh, Vince she, Young. Vince Young, and so she says to me as I'm working, "What happened to him?" And I was like, "Well, you know." I so when I dug deep into that story, he goes, "I think 30 and 18 over five years with the Titans. They don't pick up his fifth year. His uh, they, they don't. Uh, and there's other stuff going on. He has a winning record. He takes him to the playoffs, and he he never plays again." It's just over. It's like and he's like well, and, 27. And, and how easily now he's written off as an NFL bust, bust. which you alluded to, which in the story, right? Like the, the, the way that we talk about Vince Young is someone who never lived up to his promise. Someone and we, are, we will use the word bust to describe him when would it been the same way if he had managed to stick around the league 13 years, maybe popped up somewhere else, got the opportunity to start, reminded everybody, you know, of what he was capable of at somewhere down the road. Yeah. So a couple things just shocked me when I, as I did my research. Number one was it wasn't until six years ago that every team in the league had started a black quarterback in a game. 
All right. And the, the last team was the New York Giants in 2017. The, in, they, they were founded in 1925. So, you know, in their ninth century or whatever, I mean, ninth decade. So, uh, you know, uh, that I just I just couldn't believe. And I also, as I sort of researched how, how recent all this was still in effect, if you really trace the history of the Super Bowls, Doug Williams wins, but no black quarterback then wins for a long time. If you go back to 2010, okay, not that long ago, 2010, the Joe Flacco era here, okay, not that long ago, look who's winning the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, look at the quarterback position in the NFL. Tom Brady is in his, you know, the the highest point of his career. He's winning Super Bowls. Peyton Manning. Who's winning Super Bowls? Eli Manning. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Ben Roethlis. It's all, it's like the 1950s, you know. It's all the white guys, uh, you know, the prototype it was very much in in force. I think it was forty five out of the first forty six Super Bowls were won by white quarterbacks. Sure, right. Doug Williams being the only one that stands out, right? Until Russell Wilson. Until comes Russell along. Wilson, who and so it really doesn't change. I I think it to me it became clear, and as I said, style of football. I think the transformative generation that where it really changed for black quarterbacks is. 2011, Cam Newton and Kaepernick are drafted. 2012, Russell Wilson and RG3 are drafted. And Luck is in there, too, somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not just black quarterbacks. But the, I think the NFL, and Ozzie told me this. It's in the book. Yep. He said, you know, finally, NFL team said forever we have taken these black quarterbacks and said, you have to be what we want in the NFL, which is a drop-back guy. Don't scramble. Stay in the pocket. And finally, when that, that generation came along, they were so good. They could run, they could pass, that they start really started with the RPOs and the more mobility and just just changing the position to be, there was just more to it. And so to me, it's that generation. They, of course, they were not immediately, but a lot of them were winning right away. And that's where it changes. Uh, today's show, by the way, is also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. It's interesting that we're having this conversation because, one, as you heard from Corporal Robbie Wright the other day, one of the big reasons why the Baltimore County Police Department is now hosting these community events is because they want to improve relations between the community and the police department. And, of course, the Colin Kaepernick story comes up within this book, Rocket Man, and it's something that is a priority, I'm telling you. And it's something that I appreciated about our partnership with the Baltimore County Police Department that I don't have to hide from. And I don't have to pretend like, hey, everything's all... They know. And they want to work on fixing that, which is why they're hosting this community event on October 28th at uh, the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson. It's a trunk or treat event. You can bring your kids out and an opportunity to just, like, talk, have open dialogue and conversation with the Baltimore County Police Department. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that they understand that that's necessary and something that we need more of throughout the course of the community. Uh, it's also a hiring event. If you're thinking about joining the Baltimore County Police Department, you can go through all the tests there that day. Again, 700 East Joppa Road, the Public Safety Building in Towson, Saturday, October 28th. Find out more. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-4584. The style thing, John, is John Eisenberg's in studio with us. I I would laugh in the first couple of years of Lamar Jackson being in Baltimore. And, you know, I don't really take sh- calls over here, but Reed and I would do our show over on 105.7. Uh, 
and and you would hear all the time, well, he just can't run like this. You just can't. And it, it was just so mind-blowing to me because what you're talking about there and the way that the style changed, what also came along with it is we had data now. And the data <laughs> also told us, by the way, this thing that you think is true where running quarterbacks get hurt more frequently than than you know p- traditional pocket passers yet that's not true <laughs> like it, we now have fact that tells us right and it makes sense right like if if you're Lamar Jackson and you can see everybody in front of you the likelihood of you taking that type of hit is kind of slim whereas when you were Joe Theismann and you didn't know that Lawrence Taylor was coming to attempt to murder you <laughs> then you know like you're more likely to take those types of hits and so it would be mind-blowing to me how much this still existed. We were watching with our eyes how different, as you know from covering the Ravens for as long as you did, offense was laughable for most of the history of the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> yeah. And then here we saw this magician, and the response back was, well, he can't run like this. He, right. You, you, you got to stop. As if like, it, the dumbest of dumb people, and hello, Hi, Glenn Clark here. <laughs> Should have been capable of seeing, wow, he can do all of these things with his arm and all these things with his leg? My God, what a unique and interesting weapon he is. The 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 history of it really traces to, you mentioned him. Ozzy said, you know what started changing was, was uh, Lawrence Taylor coming off the edge. It's like, you want your quarterback dropping straight back? You know what? It's kind of a bad idea when he's coming. You have to move. You have to move and you have to run. And so it's a slow evolution, which I trace in the book. I found that part fascinating. And, of course, it was white quarterbacks at first because there were no black quarterbacks. You yeah, know, Steve the Steve Young, Young right. of the world. But, yes, and, and, and Lamar is sort of the ultimate distillation of it, I think, in many respects. And where's he gotten hurt? He's gotten hurt two when years been, in a row when he's been, in, yep, the pocket, in the pocket. Correct. In the pocket. He he knows what he's doing, and he knows how to not get hurt. Has he ever was he ever hurt at Louisville? No. I um, mean, he almost never takes big hits downfield. No, he, almost never. No, no. And plus, he takes advantage of the fact that, um, um, you know, in today's football and the way it's officiated, they're they're just hyper conscious mm-hmm. of of leveling quarterbacks and roughing and all that and so he takes advantage of that as well he should so yeah it's 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 not i mean watch probably get hurt sunday but he he uh, you know but he's uh it's there there's no there's no gonna, there there i'm gonna go ahead and do this yeah, number yeah. john i'm gonna go sorry ahead. yeah right but there's no there there as they yeah, say some of us are still in the day-to-day of this some of us still need people to be and the Orioles will get us through for a little while, but yeah. some of us still need. We yeah. can't have December's like we like had the last, the last few. couple of years. No, but it is his mobility. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's but it's, it's still. But, it, a, but yeah. it also speaks to how mind numbing yeah. this was for so long, and that's the part that I keep. We still dealt with this during the off season when you know that we were getting by every day this off season. Those of us that have to do day to day content with the Lamar Jackson contract situation, and you were still dealing with people. Well, yeah, but you just have to think about it when you're paying a quarterback like that. I'm like, what? what are we, <laughs> yeah. What are we saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> How are we this deep into this? How have we watched this in front of us and not realize that, like, this is the this is the quarterback you want now? This is that guy. This is. Well, they all. I mean, the quarterback position. 
you can still be Tom Brady. You can still be have that. Uh, but so many of the guys now are just the position, you know, the playbooks of these teams. They're taking advantage of what quarterbacks can do instead of telling them they can't. I mean, the Eagles are certainly exhibit A, and there's tons of them. Even and 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 the new three out of the four top picks in the last draft, black quarterbacks, uh, all of whom are are mobile and have good arms and, and all that, but they're the playbooks there it's it's throughout the league and so the Ravens were a little ahead of the curve I think uh it was starting to change uh, Lamar certainly uh put it into fast forward the other thing that jumped that I was reminded of um I, I feel like Lamar's relationship with his mother has been badly over scrutinized over the years and I've even I even got sensitized I really disliked the narrative that what was happening last offseason was this is why Lamar needs an agent. And I kept coming back to, well, he had the biggest offer on the table that any quarterback had ever received without having an agent. So what is your point exactly about this? Mm -hmm. But the bigger thing would be the way that we would talk about his relationship with his mother because as you remind everybody within this book, his mother played a role in what so many quarterbacks had dealt with for so long. And this thing that was almost portrayed as, like, his mother being too involved, given the history of football, she was involved exactly as was necessary. Because if not for his mother, it would have probably been far too easy at some point for him to, as a kid, have just accepted someone saying, go play somewhere else. Go play, you know, wide receiver. Go play, you know, whatever it was. And I feel like we have completely missed the boat in talking about Lamar Jackson's mother, who truthfully should probably be held up as a significant figure when it comes to this fight for black quarterbacks as someone who said, oh, hell no, we're not doing this. Now, I, uh, full disclosure, I did not interview her. For, she does nothing. Nothing. So, uh, you and, know. And I, I probably, we have all tried. Right, right. Yeah. So... But but uh, I agree with you because there has to be you have to be advocated for, you really do. I mean, you're a ninth grader, a tenth grader, and it's a reflex, you know. Oh, and, and you're that fast, you know. It's it's a reflex. It, it was just a reflex, and he he didn't even play football, I right. believe, as a sophomore right. in high school. He had transferred, and they wanted him to play something else and you know uh, Ozzy's quote to me was Lamar changed schools because he wanted to play quarterback and that's it was a common thing go back 50 years Warren Moon uh, on the JV at his high school in Los Angeles was benched because he said I'm not going to play another position and the the JV coach said well you're not gonna play quarterback so this is in the 70s like 70 again that's Warren Moon that's yeah. Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon. Yeah, yeah, who who's undrafted coming out of yep. college after he won the Rose Bowl. And because uh, there was, uh, it used to be for many, many years, whatever your was perceived to be uh, your shortcoming as a prospect, that set your draft stock. 
it, it just ruined it. And for Warren, it was like, well, he played, he ran, he rolled out when he was playing, uh, throwing passes to Washington. He may not, he may not have a big arm. And he said, yeah. What did he say? You know, I had such a lousy arm that I threw for 70,000 yards as a professional quarterback. So, you know, stuff like that was just uh, on the table and, uh, you know, uh, not that long ago. Um, I, I, I will tell everybody we didn't give everything away. I promise. <laughs> for example, for local for Ravens fans, I, I did not know the depths of uh, T. Martin's story with um, Cam Newton. I I did not know any of that. Of course, Ravens quarterback coach T. Martin. I think a lot of people remember him and sort of think about the heartbreak that he experienced was something that I hadn't given a ton of thought to. And then the role that he played with Cam Newton, I was completely unaware of. Blew and me away. And T. Martin was an unbelievable interview for this book. I, I, <laughs> I was really I, thinking about what he had gone through. Again, he was the one that won a national championship at Tennessee. He was the one that got him over the hump that it that Peyton Manning, frankly, couldn't. That was wild to me, and I did not know about that. I would encourage you to read it. Uh, the book is Rocket Men, the black quarterbacks who revolutionized pro football, and again, it is available right now. John, would you hang for another couple minutes? I'd, sure. I'd love to have you tell like a Brooks Robinson story or two. <laughs> okay, if, sure. If, if you'd be up for it. Sure. Right? Like, I'd yeah. really love to do that before we like, get you out of here. John Eisenberg is in studio with us, and um, today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. 
Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadets starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. John Eisenberg is in studio with us on a Thursday edition of GCR. In about 15 minutes, we will dive into this week's picks. And if you have not picked up John's book yet, again, encourage you to do that. It's called Rocket Men, the Black Quarterbacks Who Revolutionized Pro Football. It is an outstanding, it's a meaty, it's a meaty read. There is a lot there, but it is well worth it. Well worth your time diving into the topic. Um, John, since you're here. I just wanted to spend a couple minutes. Obviously, you know, you've been in this city for how long have you been in this city? 1984. 1984. You did not cover Brooks Robinson, the baseball player. No. But you were around Brooks Robinson, the man. And, you know, I, I was born in 1983. I didn't watch Brooks Robinson, the baseball player. But I've said this a few times. There's one piece of memorabilia that hangs in my house. I'm not a memorabilia person, it's not my thing. I don't do it. Me neither. I'm not. There is one piece of memorabilia, and it's because when I was seven years old, my father went and got a poster signed by Brooks Robinson, and it was like the most meaningful thing to him, <laughs> and so it immediately became the most meaningful thing to me. And then as I be- became a man and I ended up having a relationship with Brooks Robinson and doing events with him and things like that, he, what, my, what my father felt about Brooks Robinson, maybe I didn't match, but it was pretty damn close. As far as this city and relationships with he, I, I don't know how you compare anything to what this city felt in its love affair with Brooks Robinson. I, I don't know that there there is a comparison uh, anywhere. I mean, I, I, I think about athletes in different cities, and <clears throat> everybody has their icons. But uh, Brooks was just... When, when I got here in 1984, no, I didn't see him play. He was in the media. He was already doing yeah, games, uh, the two. games yeah. with, with Scott Garceau, I think. Uh, and... So he's in the press box. I'm in the press box immediately with Brooks Robinson, who is just the most approachable. It was just 
I mean, I've never met a more down-to-earth guy, never met uh, among legendary athletes. Just such a nice guy and, uh, you know, funny. And he, he, w- he was great. So immediately just disarms you and makes you feel like, oh, you know, you don't, none of that, oh, I'm in the presence of Brooks Robinson. I mean, it, it was just, he, he would have, he hated that. He, he, he had some, and that's why he has so many, you've heard, we've heard so many things from different people and I've seen them online. Everybody's got a story or five stories. And it's because he was so accessible and so down to earth and just such, such a good person. Uh, that everyone's got to, you know, it, it just touched, I've never seen anything like it, you know, touched so many people. You know, it's it's a Smaltimore, as they say, Smaltimore moment, you know. But. It's such a well, it's it like he was in so many ways like the fabric of our community. Like we, he was just out, we had like a, a, a royal who just lived among us. He did. Who, who just was everywhere. You could just go out to dinner one night and Brooks Robinson would just be there and, yeah. would go out of his way to say hello to everyone, and I, it was impossible. It was impossible that, it, and as so many people have pointed out, it was like he didn't know he was Brooks Robinson. Right. Well, so get this. So twenty, uh, one of my prior books was an oral history of the Orioles. I interviewed, it's probably over 20 years now. I think it came out in 2000. Uh, I interviewed, to that point, almost every major figure on the team that was still alive at that point. And uh, I still have the tapes, by the way, in my... I'm going to do something with them pretty oh, soon. That's neat. That's so, neat. So, I, I, I got to do something with that because people, you want to hear a, like a Steve Barber interview. <laughs> oh, wow. And wow. Uh, it's wild. It's wild. So, anyway, it was a big project. It's a f- over 500-page book. And I, I interviewed Brooks for it, of course. And we get to the end, and he says, say, he goes, you know, when you're done with that, you, what do you say I, I read it? And I, I said, oh, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'll like copy edit it for you. I, 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 he goes, I think I know everybody who ever played for the team. So shouldn't I just read it? And I can tell you, oh, this is right. This is wrong. Or you got this right or wrong. I have never heard this story, John. Yeah. And I said, well, are, are you sure you want to do that? He goes, oh, I'd love to do it. And so uh, I finished the manuscript. I call Brooks. I say, Brooks, I'm done here. It's big. You sure you want to do this? And he goes, absolutely. So I, I can't remember how I got it in his hands, whether I mailed it to him or gave it to him, gave it to him at the ballpark one day in a box. But uh, so, you know, I don't know how many pages typewritten. It was a manuscript. It, this is before. Yeah, he didn't read right, It wasn't yeah. an electronic yeah. version. And, and so he says, okay, I'll read it and I'll get back to you. That's sort of how we left it. I said, great, okay, thank you. So six weeks later, I get a phone call. I, actually, I was out. I, I got, uh, it was left on my answering machine at home. This is, John, really liked the book. And uh, here, I got a few corrections for you. Yeah, it was really good. I don't have much. I don't have much here. But, uh, you know, you really hit it. But uh, here's some, you know, page 207, you got so-and-so. And so, you know, page 309, you got, you know, you need to say this. And so he had like a dozen corrections. He left it in a voicemail, which I can't believe I don't have. Oh. And so uh, so uh, he copy edited wow. my book. Wow. So I, the next time I saw him, how much I thanked him and all that. And so fast forward, he is, you go back, his uh, statue speech, when uh-huh. his statue went up, he mentioned it all. He mentioned that. 
He mentioned the book. He mentioned copy editing it. And I was at a, I wasn't at the game. I was at a movie. Okay. <laughs> I come out of the movie. This is in 2012. Yeah. I come yeah. out of the movie and there are like 400 messages. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Brooks <laughs> Brooks just shouted you out in his in his statue speech, you know. I was just like um, that was that was amazing. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. I, that was neat. I told um the, the the show we did the morning afterwards. I I when I got my first job in radio, John, I was wildly unqualified. I had been working <laughs> as a game day like kind of PR assistant at Maryland and CBS Radio or Infinity Radio, whatever it was at the time, it just picked up the rights to Maryland games. And I was like, they don't ever talk about Maryland on the air. That's weird. And so one of the guys down there was like, you should tell them that. You should message. I was 22 years old. So I send a message to Maynard, who's producing Ed Norris' show. Or, or, God, yeah, whatever it was. It's like, well, you can come on and do it tomorrow. And I was <laughs> like, oh, okay, I guess I will. I had no qualifications. I just went and did it. And then they hired me. They were like, you, you're going to do sports now every day. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess so. And then a week in, my phone rings. Mr. Clark, this is Brooks Robinson. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, what is that? And he had been working with the York Revolution. And so, like, one of the salespeople had been trying to pitch the York Revolution. And they said, well, we'd like to get on and talk about the team. And so they said, here's Glenn's number and call him and we'll have you on. And I'm freaking out. So I could drive down and spend the day with you in studio. And it had to have been the worst interview in human history. I'm I'm 10 days into being on the job. There is no way that I am qualified for doing this. And the next day he calls me back and says, I just want you to know how much I enjoyed that. And I appreciate it. I'm like, this is, what world am I living in? Like, <laughs> what is wee happening wee here? Yeah. Like, what is going on? I am uh, panicked about it because it was that significant. It's that callback. You love that next day callback. Oh I mean, just God. such a such a, a pleasant guy, and you know, just stuff like that doesn't happen. It just no. doesn't happen, and certainly not from someone like that. Yeah, it just doesn't happen, and so oh. such a. Such a loss, such a loss. I mean, because he was still—I can't, can't remember the last time I saw him—and he was obviously old and frail. But you know, he was still with it, and still—I guarantee you he was watching the games yep, this summer. Sharp, a hundred percent. Watching the games. I mean, what a what a bummer for him. Yeah, you know, they, they, oh, <laughs> to see this thing come. Oh uh, man, you know, I feel, oh. I feel for him because let me tell you, avid watcher, and you know, to have this great Oriole team come along and not see it through. It's too bad. For, I mean, it really, it's, it's sad on it, infinite it, reasons. It, what what but you that's say is important because it's, we, a lot of times when we talk about death in our business, when, when someone is in an advanced stage in their life, we don't speak about it as a tragedy, right? Because we say, you know, they lived an incredible full life and, you know, amazing things. But the tragedy feels to be on our end. It feels like it's on our end. Yeah. The tragedy is we had Brooks Robinson. <laughs> Like, right. we don't have Brooks Robinson anymore. There's no way to make up for that. No, there is. There isn't. is no, and this is to take nothing away from, you know, any of the other icons that have come through our city and dedicated time. And, you know, it, it would have been easy for Cal Ripken to have left here at some point and to make his home somewhere else that's, you know, yeah. warm or something. I, and, and, and he does stay involved, but there's, I, with all due respect to all of them, they just don't make humans like they made Brooks Robinson. He's there's just there's nothing like it. And so for us, our city, our region is 
just so much worse to not have Brooks Robinson. That's to me what the tragedy is, is that there's a you know a generation that won't have their own Brooks Robinson stories, and it won't yeah. be in the same way. You know, you know what's really amazing. I mean, you know, I've, I've been here long enough to to understand Baltimore and understand the fact that we've had professional sports here, successful pre- professional sports, is a real important part of our community. All right, uh, you know, in some respects, what helped Baltimore be major league, quote unquote, is having these teams. It's not a huge city, you know. We've had these teams. What really struck me, kind of after it all, is that the it started with well, the Colts came in '53, the Orioles came in the Baltimore Orioles came here in 1954, and Brooks Robinson came here in 1955. Yeah, he's been here the whole time. Yeah, it's like. Ever it, since there were sports here. It's a great point. We've had Brooks Robinson. Wow. <laughs> Ever since there were sports. I hadn't thought about it like that, John. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way of thinking about it. Truly the fabric of our sports community. He's he's here the whole time. Whew. I mean, no one, certainly one of a kind there. Oh. So, oh. It, 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 and of course it has to come to an end, but uh, it's, it's amazing he was here that long. Oh, it's, it's we were, <laughs> how lucky we were. How really truly lucky, lucky really we were lucky. as a community. Yeah. Uh, John Eisenberg, I really appreciate you coming in and hanging out with us this morning. Uh, it is good to see you, first of all. So thank you for doing that. And I really enjoyed reading the book. Again, Rocket Men. Available right now. Uh, we've linked it up on our Twitter account. And it's available wherever. I think there are still a few bookstores in the area. I know it's unfortunately getting to be fewer and fewer. They're around. They're around. There are still a few really good bookstores uh, yeah. in the area where you can go pick it up. Do you have any other like events coming up that we can plug or signings, anything a like number that? number of them. It's actually on my website, okay. www.johneisenberg.com. But, yes, uh, I mean, locally, I'll be at Snug Books on Harford Road on November 9th. I'll be at the University of Maryland uh, and part of a big I, I panel. I saw that. That's really cool. Big panel uh, with Doug Williams and others on October 19th. Uh, you have to register for that, and uh, that one's going to sell out probably. So go ahead and do that. That's going to be a great panel, uh, 6 o'clock on, on uh, the 19th. So those are definitely two good ones. And Snug Books uh, uh, on the 9th of November. And awesome. there'll be others, too. And, and this will make a great uh, holiday gift. For someone in your life, I encourage you to go pick it up. John Eisenberg, thank you, my friend. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Uh, Nice to be on with you again. That's John Eisenberg. When we come back in, we will make our picks for the week. Ken Zalas will check in with us. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland. MarylandFiveStar.us for tickets. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR into hour number two. Thanks again to John Eisenberg for coming in and hanging out with us in hour number one. Now it's time for us to make our picks for the week. He is our friend Ken Zalis, fans fantasy on Twitter, of course, fantasy pros as well, and he is back with us here on GCR. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good. How you doing today? I'm all right, except for the fact that like I was I was really excited. I thought I had a good week last week, and then uh, everybody else did too. And so I made up no ground whatsoever despite going six and three. That was really disappointing. Um, all right, I'm going to give this to you. Uh, I'm, we're presuming at this point that Jonathan Taylor is playing on Sunday. If he, oh, you are. I'm presuming that, right? Like <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty I, ballsy. All right. Well, okay. Why do you still think? Okay, take me through that. 
what what was all there's no way he played then why is he practicing ken because he has to to get paid and it was his current contract he's gonna slip on a banana peel he's gonna wake up oh my ankle's not i i just if he doesn't get a contract i'll be stunned and and if and if and if he does good for everybody that you know, is is waiting for him and and things like that, and and hopefully he plays well. But what was all this for? If he just goes well, and plays, I, it doesn't I, get a but cent I, more. But I, don't we know the reality of it? Is that there? Is I know a, the reality of it, but the reality also is that that a couple of other backs got a couple extra dollars here and there, well, yeah, and a little bit more guaranteed. And if he doesn't get a cent, I, I just I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, but but go ahead. Let's pretend he's playing. This this <laughs> this feels like it's personal, by the way. This feels no, like it's, it's not. Mad. I have him in this so feels, many leagues. It's like I'm dying personal. for him to play. You're playing him I, if he plays. Are you playing him over Romeo Dobbs? Yes. You playing him over? So what about Brian Robinson? Rank those guys. No, no. Okay. So you'd play Brian Robin, Robinson, Taylor Dobbs. All right, Robinson Taylor Dobbs. I'm not playing him. I do that. I have a league where I'm confident that at least for this week, if he plays, I'm not playing him. That's my McCaffrey. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've I, got a, I've got a league where it's McCaffrey, Jacobs, and uh, Achan, and I'm like, I'm, I know for this week, I'm not playing him over any of those dudes. Did you hurt? Did you hurt your arm? What do you mean, patting myself on the back like that? No, <laughs> no, I got, I got. Well, I mean, the truth is, I'm, I had, I had to, I had to, um, I had to sort of slum it and go with the. Uh, uh, DJ Moore at wide receiver. Like my wide receiver group is not overwhelming, but it was saved by Puka Nakua. So I continue to root for uh, Cooper Cup to never come back and play. Yes, my wide receiver. I may, I may have to put my entire reputation on Puka at this point. Don't blame you. I Don't. Blame I got him. one that's right. The, that's the one you got. That's the one you got going for you. You and me rooting for never to be another uh, Cooper Cup game again in the future of football. May he never play one more time. I got Tutu Atwell or Jerry Judy. I mean, if Cup plays, Atwell can't play. Uh, so, yeah, I, right. I mean, it, it's it's about, Atwell if, if if there's no Cup. How about Jamison Williams? Do I have to wait a week, or, or am I slotting him in now? Over those guys, no. Wait a week? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you don't have options. I mean, I'm in a league. I don't have any options because of some bye week troubles and things like that. And, and you know, why not? Um, we, all, we all think the talent is there, um, but – you know, it's a and it's a great matchup as well coming back. So we'll see. All right, uh, let's get into it for picks this week, as we don't have quite as much time as we like to have, and we normally take too much time. Uh, coming into the week, Andrew Steck is atop the table. I'm not sure exactly what his record is because for some reason it's showing that we all have, yeah, we have to, 143 losses. Whenever I enter the games for the week, it keeps like. All right, we got to fix that. Uh, yeah. But he's got 27 you, wins. Here, so we can I just go. The... We can just go with wins. All it's right. fine. That's all we need is just wins. He's got 27. KZ's second with 25. Myself and uh, no, no, sorry, Griffin and Kyle with 24. Nick Kelly 23. Myself 22. Proctor as well as John and Little Rock and Paul Valley, all with 21. Ryan Chell would be at the bottom of the table with 19, but Jeremy Kahn came bull rushing through and said, I can surpass everyone only to go three and six in week one. So we'll see moving forward for Jeremy Kahn. But right now he is at the bottom of the table. That all said, the uh, penalty, of course, is that you have to take an Irish dance lesson. Then you have to come in here, dress like the Notre Dame mascot, perform that Irish dance, 
consume some blood sausage, haggis, and tripe, wash it down with a Will Levis-style Irish coffee, and then sing Nothing Compares to You and Zombie. Three college games, six NFL games every week. All of the odds courtesy of Superbook. Remember, use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up at Superbook, and you will get a same-day first bet match up to $250. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app, and you get that match win or lose. Where are we starting first? We are starting at the site of Big Noon Kickoff on Fox. Uh, coming up at noon uh, on Saturday, Maryland goes to Columbus to take on the number four ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. And the Buckeyes are favored by 20, 20 points. I'd, I'd love to. Don't get me wrong. And, yeah, and everybody would point out, like, look, Maryland battled Ohio State a year ago. This really, to me, is about how banged up Maryland is. And I... I wonder how I would feel about a fully healthy Maryland team and their ability to compete with Ohio State, but on the road, I I don't see a banged-up Maryland team having much of a chance. Ohio State. Yeah, that was my thought, too. Maryland's really banged up. That's what what your thought was. (laughs) The line could have been 80, and Ken was going to pick Ohio State. Now they're banged up. There's no chance. Um, I'm taking Ohio State. You say that like Ohio State's been all that good this season. They've. They've been no. I'm not. I'm just. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking Maryland. I'm, I'm not taking the rest. I'm of aware just, of what your deal is. Just skip it. Yeah. <laughs> um, How'd that know, work I out don't... for you last week? By the way, how's Indiana doing? How's the guy? The guy that said hey. I, I. In the other games, I won't pick a basketball school, but then picked Indiana against Maryland. How'd that work out? Well, it used to be a basketball school. That's true. Right? I guess it's not couple, really last couple of years. You know, they both used to be basketball schools. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't care how injured they are. I mean, I'm taking. I'm you know I'm ta- I'm drinking the Terps Kool Aid. I I I want to see them hopefully you know try and win. I mean, they'll obviously try to win. And, uh, <laughs> they're not gonna try. Um, but yeah, I like, I like the Terps getting 20 points, even though they're on the road. And, uh, and I think it should be a really good game and hopefully Maryland finds a way to, you know, stay close for the entirety of the game and have a chance to win it at the end. That would be, that would be awesome. That would be awesome if that were the case. We are, uh, not completely, or yeah, now there's 11, so we can't have an even split anymore. Six of us are on the Terps, myself, Paul Valley, Kyle Ottenheimer, uh, Dr. Nick Kelly, Ryan Shell, and Andrew Stetka, who I think I want on my side. Yeah, he is in first place. That's Uh, a good point. Uh, so on Ohio State will be yourself, Ken, uh, John in Little Rock, John in, John Proctor, John in Proctor, yeah, John yeah. Proctor, and Jeremy Kahn. That should be a good thing for us, but Jeremy Kahn wasn't good in week one, so I don't know what's <laughs> going to make it. Uh, by the way, Jay Sean Barnum has been practicing for Maryland this week, but he's wearing See? a brace. Um, Tarheeb still has not been, for what it's worth. But Corey Deitches did practice, so hopefully Ohio they're not quite as anyway, banged so. up. I, I hope that's the case. Uh, the Allstate Red River rivalry uh, from the Cotton Bowl we don't in ne- Dallas. We don't need to give them a sponsor. We don't need to do that. It's the Allstate Red <laughs> River. Stop. Don't. Uh, so it's they, a neutral they site. They don't pay us a penny. The neutral site yeah, of well, Dallas. Well, that is a neutral site game. Have you uh, never Have you never watched the this – is, this is where you say dumb things because you don't know what you're talking okay, about. Sorry. That is legitimately is a neutral site game with half of the crowd being Texas, half of the crowd being o- – do you know where Oklahoma is geographically? Yeah, I know. I know it's pretty much – like it is a nice – that's, that's the reason. This is very Texas. much a neutral site game. I imagine Texas fans. Oh, my God. I don't even know. Number say. 12, Oklahoma, at number three, Texas. Texas is favored by six and a half. Um, I've just – like I can't believe I'm about to pick Texas – but I just like what I've seen from Texas more than I like what I've seen from Oklahoma so far this season. Like, and I and Dylan Gabriel's look good for Oklahoma, but uh, Texas has 
answered the bell every time. They have looked as legit as possible, and I know that this is different, and it's a rivalry game and all that stuff, but I don't know, man. If, I, I think the number would have to be more than a touchdown for me to, to go with Oklahoma here, so Texas is the pick. Uh, I, I, I've, I've sort of been impressed with Texas, so I, I'm just going to go there. I, I'll be honest. I don't know what to think of Oklahoma. I, I don't yet. Um, I'm just going to take Texas. I, I like their quarterback a whole bunch. Um, so we'll go there. Yeah, uh, I'm in a similar boat where I don't know a whole lot about Oklahoma, and I picked twice against Texas and have gotten wrong, gotten it wrong both times. So, yeah, it's time for me to jump on the Longhorns bandwagon, I guess. So I will take Texas. Two of uh, two people will be going with Oklahoma and the Sooners. That's John it. Proctor. Yeah, only two. John Proctor and Nick Kelly mm. on the Sooners. Mm. Everybody else. A pretty interesting opportunity there for them. Yeah. Okay. Finally, in the college slate, big, big SEC matchup just for just for John oh, and Little yeah, Rock. John and Little Rock. He's still he's still upset because he wants I, he wanted A and M in Alabama. In this. I, or I don't know if he wanted that instead. I guess he wanted it in addition. I don't know. What, is it, what game does he oh, want us to leave goodness. off? He wants to leave off Oklahoma, Texas, the biggest game of the week. That's a big SEC matchup, too. Yeah, that is also an SEC matchup. We got two SEC matchups. Number 20, Kentucky going to uh, Georgia. Number one ranked Bulldogs, (sighs) 7 o'clock on ESPN. Because Georgia has not been all that impressive. So I want to bite. What's the number again here? Uh, 14 and a half, sorry. Man, that is a big number. I just feel like this is this is one of those things where like the number is big because they want you to pick Kentucky because they know that Georgia's going to hammer them. Like it feels like one of those things. So I'm not going to fall into the trap. I want to, but I'm not going to fall into the trap, Georgia. Yeah, I really want to as well because uh, Kentucky really looked good last week. I know they were playing Florida, but Florida had been impressive. Yeah, really good. Um, I, I I want it so bad, and I'll happily be wrong here. I mean, happily. Uh, but I, I, I got to take Georgia. Um, I am uh, going to – I'm gonna, I'm taking the bait. Um, I get it. It's uh, fine. I think Kentucky is very good. They run the ball really well. Georgia has, Georgia has not covered a game yet this season. They're 0-4-1 uh, against the spread. I think Kentucky's 5-0, or they won four in a row or something yeah, like five that. Yeah, 5-0. Yeah, or, they're, or against the spread, they're 4-0. Oh, got it, or got won it. four in a row. Um, but yeah, I think they, I mean, Georgia should be on upset alert here. I think Kentucky has a chance to, if they get out, get out, if they get ahead early, they can really control the game with the way they run the football. So I'm going to take the Wildcats plus okay. 14 and a half. Only one other person on Kentucky, Andrew Stetka. Ooh. Andrew Stetka and myself. Ooh, how about that? To the NFL and across the pond. This uh, time. Let me, let me just let everybody know that, uh, the NFL portion of picks will be brought to you by the print issue of press box. Lamar Jackson's on the cover. It's only available for like another week and a half. So before it's gone, go pick it up. Print issue of press box. You can always read it online, pressboxonline.com, but go get it for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box. From Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, they'll be warming up the field for the Ravens and the Titans mm-hmm. next week. Uh, the Bills and the Jaguars staying uh, over in London. This one's on NFL Network at 9.30 Sunday morning, and the Bills are five-and-a-half-point favorites. The only thing that's interesting about this, because if this game was being played in Buffalo, obviously we'd all be on the Bills. They look like the, they've looked like the best team in football since week one. Um, that's not true. I guess the 49ers and have looked like the best team. They've looked like the best team in the AFC since week one. Um, but the London part of this obviously becomes fascinating because Jacksonville – has already been there, stayed there. They're fully assimilated, you would assume, at this point. They didn't look 
great a week ago. They looked more like good enough. But with five and a half points to play with, it becomes enticing. I... <sighs> it's Jaguars. Jaguars. It's just... It's just enough points-wise in that London thing, and I'll regret it because the Bills are definitely better, but Jaguars. I'm enticed as well um, for all those things that, that they're there. They're, 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 it's a home game for them, essentially. Um, although it's in a different stadium than I think they played at. Yeah, they last, played Wembley last week, right? If, yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's a different thing. I mean, until last week, I'll be honest with you, I, I hadn't been overly impressed with Buffalo um, at all. I mean, they looked like the best team in the AFC last week, but they didn't before then. Um, and I'm still waiting for the Jacksonville offense to kind of kick no in doubt. Of, what we, of what we kind of thought they would be. Uh, for various reasons, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to take the Jags. It's a, I, I agree with you. It's just enough points for me to take them and hope that we get a kind of a shootouty type of game. Um, I'm going to lean towards the Bills just because I know that they're the better team, and you know I'm done picking against the Bills as well, like I said last week, uh, and, they, and they proved me wrong. I think the Bills are kind of a wagon right now, so I'm going to hitch myself to it. Uh, in the history of the NFL International Series, Favorites are 26 and 14 against the spread, hitting at 65%. So not an overwhelming, but you know huh? it's a, it's it's there. Um, so I will take the Bills. Joining me on the Buffalo Bills is Kyle Ottenheimer, Dr. Nick Kelly, and Andrew Stetka. Yeah, there are only four of us on the Bills okay. this week. Everybody else on the Jags. The Eagles at the Los Angeles Rams. No, actually, yeah, we want one one o'clock window because the Ravens game. Uh, but moving straight into the four o'clock window. Eagles at the Rams. Rams are getting four and a half points at home. This one is also really interesting to me, right? What is the latest on Cooper Cup? Practicing. Um, he's opened his 21-day window. Which which doesn't mean he's going to play. That is the unique that thing. That does about, not mean he's going not to play. mean he's going to play. Um, the Eagles have not been perfect by any stretch of the imagination, right? Like, they probably should have lost the Commanders last week. The Commanders suddenly lost their testicles and decided not to go for it on fourth down. Well, like, they were I mean, tired, you know. It was just insane. Riverboat um, Ron, what happened? Yeah, right? My God. What, what happened? What, what was that? Um, Now they go on the road, and I get it, it's not nothing in L.A. is ever really the road because, like, they don't have any fans there, so they'll be 30,000 Eagles fans in Los Angeles. But still, you have to take a long trip across the country. And it's a Rams team that's been pretty good. And I've got how many points? Four? Four and a half. Four and a half points to play with? I'm taking the Rams. You know, there's a whole lot of agreeing going on. I don't like it. Um (laughs) I uh I'm gonna take the Rams as well. I uh I, I They've been they've been good. I mean, they've been solid. They haven't gotten blown out. The offense, which we thought would would be a problem, um, they found the run game. They're protecting Stafford this year, which is my one concern. And the Eagles have not played a complete game yet. 
Um, they've either been really good offensively or really good defensively. They haven't put two sides together yet in a game. I'm hoping this isn't the week they do that, and I will take the L.A. Rams. I feel like I've gone against you guys in every – I think I have gone against you guys in every pick except for Texas. We're all in Texas. Um, I'm going with the Eagles. I mean, they're the better team, um, and, you know, four and a half is a lot in the NFL, but I, I still – I'd like the Eagles to get it done, to, you know, better on both sides of the ball. So I will take the Eagles – and so joining you two on the Rams will be Andrew Stecka and Jeremy Kahn. Well, those are the two that you'd want, right? Like Maybe. the guy that's leading the competition and the guy that we think is supposed to be the best at this. Uh, I okay. mean, it's all – nobody knows. It's all qual. In a much better 4 o'clock window this week, the Bengals at the Cardinals in well, Arizona. I don't know how good this game is, although I well, think they're both sneaky interesting. Yeah. Right? Like, we think the Bengals are a little bit better than There's their record. There's still another game in the 4 o'clock. The Cardinals have definitely been better than their record would indicate. Like, the Cardinals have got to be the most interesting garbage team in the NFL. <laughs> they're getting three points at home against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Smoking yeah. that Joe Burrow. Right Way in. to go. Yeah. Um... My baby boy. God, I love Pat Mahomes. Ah. Uh, boy, this one's really interesting, right? <laughs> like, what do you do with any of this? The Bengals have stunk, so how do you trust them anywhere? The the Cardinals, you don't think are supposed to be good, and yet all they ever do is compete. And you're like, what how, how? Who is this team? Three points isn't a lot. You feel like you're buying points a little bit here. Like, again, this game two weeks ago, two weeks ago the Bengals would have been, what, six-point favorites in Arizona? So I feel like I'm buying points on that, and so because of that I'm going to go with Cincinnati. But this does sort of become a breaking point with picking Cincinnati at this point. That's where I kind of landed here because I don't want to take Cincinnati because there's nothing – they're not doing anything well. Like, there's nothing they're doing well. And Burrow finally spoke a little bit this week and finally said that, look, it, you know, the ankle's fine. It's just limiting me from moving around the pocket and, and, and extending plays and running for first downs. Okay, well, <laughs> okay. If that's all it's doing, that's great. Um, but if it hurts to do that, it, it still hurts to throw the ball. But, uh <sighs> I just don't believe in Arizona. I, I know they've played a, a better than uh, wildly better expected. than any of us. Yeah, I mean, look, they won a game. I mean, they, they had. A, I thought they had a legit chance to go over. Uh, I, again, I, I I hate agreeing with Glenn so much. Yeah, this um, isn't good. I agree. We and I actually agree. I don't like it either. I, I, I yeah, right. I don't like it either. Um, but I'm going to take Cincinnati. It's only three, like like you said. So. Maybe pushy if if we're wrong. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't have any. No, I'm I'm going against you guys again. Um, I'm doubling down on Josh Dobbs because I'm starting him in fantasy this week, and uh, you know, I I don't really have any numbers against it. But I would say that's not a good reason to make the pick, but I I you know I'm all in on. I'm bleeding yeah. red today. Um, well, I guess I always bleed red. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's just, fine. Just um. So yeah, I mean, and when in doubt, you know, home dog getting points. I like that always. So I will take the Cardinals, and uh, we are pretty split. This eh, I guess we're more most of us on the Bengals on the Cardinals with myself is John Proctor, Doctor Nick Kelly, and Ryan Shell. Okay. Moving to Minnesota at four twenty-five on CBS, the Vikings are getting four points against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Taylor Swift. I don't know if she's going to be there. 
I would think we need to know. We need to know that. It's important, right? I mean, this is very. They they did not look very good last week. Although they looked really good when she was there two weeks ago, so I don't know that we know yet that there's a Taylor Swift factor here. Um, man, like it seems so easy to just say, "What are we doing?" Take Kansas City. Don't overreact to how kind of disappointing they were a week ago. Settle down. All's good. The only number that I could find that would back up my, like, just don't overthink it is that uh, in games after Patrick Mahomes has thrown for fewer than 200 yards, he's 9-2 and two against the spread in the following game. Like, he tends to bounce back quickly from disappointing games. I, I think the Vikings are still probably a little bit better than their record indicates, and so that's what scares me is that they can be competitive here and, you know, hang around, but I'm going to trust that the Chiefs figure it out after last week, and I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I am as well. Um, I think last week was just one of those, that's my, that's my jet Super Bowl. Like, like that's, that was it. Everything was on the line. They, you know, national TV uh, against the Chiefs, Taylor Swift's going to be there. It's such a big buildup. And they played well, and 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 I still believe in in the Jets' defense. So I'm not, I'm not shocked that they limited uh, Mahomes a little bit. Uh, but Minnesota doesn't have that type of defense, and it's only four. And I know it's on the road, so we're, we'll test uh, Griff's uh, home, you know, home dog theory here with it being over over three points. Yeah. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Kansas City. I I, I actually like that stat, the nine and two after you know, under 200. Um, yeah, I finally agree with you guys. I will take the Chiefs as well. Um, oh, the, I, I can't find anything specific, but the mayor of Minneapolis is encouraging uh, Taylor Swift to show oh, up. Good. good. No, sure, sure. sure, sure go is. ahead. Go ahead, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> I'll take the Chiefs. Only two taking the Vikings. It is Paul Valley and Jeremy Kahn. Oh, Vikings. interesting. Yeah, I interesting. think that's the first one that, that we have disagreed. And now I'm not sure how I feel with, about it, right? Like, <laughs> I know. Well, no, I... You know, it, it'll all work out. I, yeah. I trust Jeremy more than I trust me. So. A sheep slaughter incoming. Dallas at San Francisco on Sunday Night Football. Uh, the 49ers minus three and a half. 49ers. I, I just, they, they've been the best team in football. Three and a half is, I think that Dallas is more, I know they look good a week ago, but I think Dallas is more susceptible to struggle. The 49ers right now just look like, I, if they can keep Christian McCaffrey healthy, they're asking so little of like it. This has got to be the easiest offense the quarterback has ever had to run in their life. Um, 49ers. Yeah. Purdy power here. Um, as long as they protect him, he is, he is as accurate as they come and he's got all of his weapons back. It seems like, uh, Debo's, uh, healthy, healthier than he was last week. It's tough to pick against them. And, and I, you know, I know they threw the hook in here and I think Dallas is really, really good. And this could be, a preview of, you know, depending on what, you know, Dallas and Philly, how that works out of the NFC championship game. Um, then wouldn't that be, uh, be fun, but I, I don't trust Dak still. And I'll take San Francisco. Yeah. It's what you said, Ken, as long as they can protect him. I mean, Michael Parsons is very, very good. Um, but yeah, very I good. also cannot trust Dallas in any way. So I'll take the 49ers as well. Uh, choosing to believe in the Cowboys, though, is Kyle Ottenheimer, Andrew Stecka, and Jeremy Kahn. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. the Dallas Cowboys. 1 o'clock in Pittsburgh on CBS. The 
the Steelers are getting four points. Yes, against the Ravens. I have no idea what to do with this. The line really didn't move with the news that Kenny Pickett was going to play. Like it moved a half a point. It started. Why, why would it? And that. That's and I get it. I, I get it. And that's the interesting part about all of this, isn't it? It still also feels like in a Raven Steelers rivalry, how are you picking a four point or picking against a four point home dog, right? Like that. In this, the history of this rivalry, we just know every single one of these games is going to be a three point game, right? Like we just know that. But then you see all the guys the Ravens are supposed to get back this week, and Marlon Humphrey, and Odell Beckham, and Rashad Bateman, and you're like, ah, I'm going to choose to buy in, and I'll regret it afterwards, but I don't know. I think I'm just rolling with it right now that I think the Ravens are going to become the team we believe they were going to be. I'm going to pick the Ravens, and I will regret it. Yeah. Um, I, I The four points is throwing me here because – I've seen too many games where I didn't even know the name of the Pittsburgh quarterback. Yep. And and it's a 1917 game or it's a 1613 game and it's ugly and it's physical and but Pittsburgh is just beat up offensively and Pickett is not playing well and they're scared to let him throw the ball downfield and Pickens seemingly is limited to just go routes and and they can't get him the ball and they can't protect them and it has very little to do with who is going to play for the ravens whether they get you know their wide receivers back whether they get marlin back i think without deontay without Fryermuth, this is a really limited and should be a pretty simple i hate to say this a pretty simple you know, you better, offense to defend against. You better bite your tongue, bro. <laughs> I know. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Ravens. Everything in my being tells me that I should take the Steelers because of everything I said before. It doesn't matter who plays, who doesn't play in this game, and we've seen it too many times. The Ravens should beat this team and they should beat them handily based on who's gonna be available in the game. So I'm gonna take the Ravens. Uh, I will agree with, agree with you guys once again. I will take the Ravens. I mean, I mean, yeah, their offense hasn't shown much of anything, and they're not. It's not like they're getting any healthier either. So, uh, I will take the Ravens to beat the Steelers by more than four on Sunday in Pittsburgh. On the Steelers, though, is Ryan Shell, Andrew Stetka, and Jeremy Kahn. All right, backing the Pittsburgh. Well, we had a good roll until yeah, the last right. Three. The last three, we were six and six I mean, with Jeremy, and all of a sudden it fell apart. So I can't figure out what I want from Jeremy this week. I, know, <laughs> I mostly I want him to be right. All right, Casey, uh, of course, at Fans Fantasy on Twitter and Fantasy Pros, and your rankings will be up at PressBoxOnline.com as well, correct? They, they are, they've they been updated as of this morning, Excellent. and they are up there. Excellent. All right, buddy, love you. We'll talk to you again next Thursday, all right? Take care, guys. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. Ken Zalis with us here, as he is every Thursday, making uh, picks for the week. Uh, by the way, I can inform you, and we're still working out all the details for this, but we're going to do something a little bit different for Project Game Day on Sunday. Project Game Day will not happen when the Ravens game ends. It will be a post-game show, but it's going to be like a post-post-game show. If you haven't heard, game times have been announced for games one and two of the ALDS. The important one was the one o'clock on Saturday thing because now we, you know, you can avoid the the Billy Joel issue. But they also announced that game two is going to start at four o'clock on Sunday. So, with that in mind, 
Reed and I are going to get together, and we're still working out the details of who might join us, but Reed and I are going to get together with you after the Orioles game on Sunday, and we're going to do a Project Game Day post-game extravaganza talking about both the Ravens and Orioles games. So there'll be a post-game kind of deal. Sunday night, following Orioles game two against the Rangers, post-game, if you will, Project Game Day, probably in the neighborhood of 7 o'clock, with myself, Rita, and whoever else might join us. That's the plan with the Orioles game being scheduled for 4 o'clock. So we got a fun day ahead of us, watching the Ravens, watching the Orioles, and then we'll join you for Project Game Day after that. Hope that you can join us. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. PressBoxOnline.com slash Game Day. It's all brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and, of course, a reminder that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Joining us now, one of the uh, great players in Maryland football history, NFL legend, the man you know is Mr. Lights Out. He is now a, a booming success in the uh, the fight world. He is our friend, Mr. Sean Merriman, and he's back with us here on GCR. Sean, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Always, man. Thanks for having me. Everything good with you? Just cranking away, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> being on the West Coast, you know, we're three hours back, so – my days uh, start just getting underway, man, man, you're crazy. You're out of control, bro. I imagine that's the world of a of a of a mogul, of a man who has uh, made himself uh, a complete uh, success in so many industries. Sean, I, I, I want to start, you know, by talking to you about Maryland, because this is on paper about as excited as we should have been about Maryland football in a very long time. They're five and zero. Oh. They're going into this huge matchup with Ohio State on Saturday, a team that they battled. A year ago at home, this is an opportunity that Fox, the pregame show, is going to be there getting ready for this game. And yet, as I'm sure you're aware of, there are plenty of people in Maryland circles who are still filled with like pending dread and doom and like, ah, this, you know, we've seen this before. Why could this be different for Maryland this time around as they go to play Ohio State on Saturday? You know, one of the biggest things is, and people not talk about enough. Tali, Tali played. He outplayed uh, C.J. Stroud last year in that game. Yep. And we're seeing what C.J. Stroud doing in the NFL right now. He's playing immaculate. He's playing great. And Talia uh, played better than him in that game. Um, we always knew that moving over to the Big Ten, there's going to be a slight discrepancy when you talk about in the trenches, right? Offensive, defensive line. That that's the area they always had to catch up. It was never the skill player positions. Maryland, even back from when I was there, just look at the last two decades of the skill position players who's come out of there, especially out of that DMV area. We can match up with anybody in the country skill-wise. It was always going to be lost to one in the trenches. So, you know, they got a lot better. That defense is playing better. Last year, they dropped the ball against a couple of teams that they should have beat, like right Purdue and I think it was Northwestern yeah. and whatnot. They should have They should have beat those teams this year. They're beating the teams they're supposed to beat, and they're not just beating them. They're dominating them. That's why they're different than than the years past. They're not beating uh, you know these guys by touchdown or, or ten points. They're dominating the teams they're supposed to dominate. That's that's what you're supposed to do. That's the biggest separator from what they had last year to what they have now. 
I would say, Sean, they're dominated despite the fact that it hasn't looked like they've even played their like complete game just yet. We know in a couple of them, obviously, they fell behind you know, 14 nothing early and still, to your point, ended up coming back and dominating those teams, Charlotte and uh, Virginia. A week ago against Indiana, they had, the big plays were hitting, but they weren't maybe consistently producing in the run game. I, I, I know that the, the fear would be, well, if you're not playing your consistent best football, maybe you're a little bit sloppy and that's going to doom you against a better team. But is it possible they're still also ascending? Like that as the season's gone on, they've been this good and they're still sort of getting to a point where they might still have their best football ahead of them. Yeah, no question about it. You talk about that running game. I've been, you know, advocating for these guys in the backfield to be getting notoriety in, in the nation since last year. Yeah. Hemby, Kobe, Littleton. Like they, all, they got guys that can flat out just run the ball downhill when they decide to run. Uh, the problem is not is a good problem to have. You got a quarterback who can sling it. Right. You got a quarterback who just went went past up eight thousand yards and and now is top of the charts at the University of Maryland. And Maryland had some great quarterbacks, you know, back in the day. So for him to surpass that already is a big deal. So when you're talking about them still growing, still ascending, that's the that's the, I guess the the biggest upside in this team. We haven't seen them play their best football and they're blowing people out. And so. For one, for them not being uh, ranked, right? They uh, they just recently got just recently got ranked, what, and they're undefeated, and they're not only beating teams, they're dominating teams. You're going into this week, you got to feel some sort of disrespect. If mm. I'm Coach Loxley walking mm. into the locker room, I'm saying, guys, look, we've we've literally destroyed everybody we played against. Yeah, whether you think they're talented or not, we not only beat them, we beat them convincingly, and we haven't got the respect they deserve. This is the week to go in and do it. This is if you want respect, right? They, they what they rank number three or four right now, whatever. They have a a top five Russian defense, and so you you give the ball to Hemby and Kobe and Lynch and these guys in the backfield, and they started to move the ball against this top ranked rush defense. That's how you establish respect. This is the week to go out and do it. He is Sean Merriman. He is with us here on GCR. Sean, I I don't want to take anything away from like what you guys accomplished during your years and the major bowl games that you won. And of course, you arrived when you got there. You knew what was possible though, because they had just won the ACC championship the year before that. In so many ways, to me, this like doing this feels like it might be I don't know even more important, right? That like this is a program that had slipped far enough. And since moving into the Big Ten has never threatened yet to be able to compete atop the Big Ten, that it would feel like if they were to be able to pull this off, it might genuinely be the biggest win, you know, since like the 1950s at the University of Maryland. I agree. I agree. But as a player on that team, you have to go into the, in this game with a mindset. If we're not the underdog. We're supposed to win. Yeah. And as long as you can have that mentality, right, the, Everybody on the outside. If you're in the outside locker room, if you're in the media, we all saying, hey, this is a game that they're an underdog. I, I don't know what the point spread is or favorites or anything like that. I don't really get, get too much into that. But I know they're on paper underdogs from everybody outside three, three, the locker they're, room. They're three touchdown underdogs for what it's worth, Sean. Right. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. you know, so that that to me, if I'm Coach Loxley, this is a disrespect. This is a slap in the face from everything we've shown. Yes. Ohio State's got, they have a really they have a really good team. McCord, I, I like the quarterback there. He has he's they have a really good team running back. I think he was all uh, all of, all American at one point, mm-hmm. right? Um, they got some dogs that defense. Marvin Harrison Jr., Man. one of the greatest to probably come out of college in a very long time, will be the first wide receiver taken off them. They have players, but to have a three touchdown underdog, 
to not be ranked, you have to feel some sort of disrespect going into this game. Like, hey, haven't we put enough on film to get some kind of credibility in, in the football eyes of, of this, this country? Like, what else needs to be done? So I get it if, if, if people want to come in and say, hey, I think Ohio State's going to win or whatever. If, oh, by the way, they weren't blown out last year. They they snuck by. They, they barely yep. got out of that game. Yep. So, so you're talking about a three-touchdown difference on a better – better Maryland team going into a week where there are three. I, I just, that part, I understand if I'm coach Loxley, this is what I'm preaching into the locker room leading up to, to this week. Uh, to your point, they had the ball late in the game with a chance to go down and score. Unfortunately, they ended up turning it over and um, that was what it was. But yeah, and that's not the first time, obviously a few years ago, Maryland had a chance just uh, couldn't convert a two point conversion. So they have been competitive with Ohio state. Um, Sean, I, I wanted to, you know, not just talk Maryland with you this morning. Uh, last week, I was thinking when the Ravens signed Kyle Van Noy, I was like, wow, you know, he was just out with the Chargers a year ago. And um, I was interested in maybe what you had seen from him, because I know how heavily involved you still are. I know that nobody talks S towards the Raiders quite the way that you do. Um, I'm, I, I love the content that you put out. What did you see a year ago from Kyle Van Noy? Did you think he still had something left? Were you surprised that he was still on the street as deep into the season as he was. And, you know, he came in 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 one week and, you know, he didn't make huge plays, but he was, I think, more impactful than a lot of people here in Baltimore expected him to be. Yeah, and, you know, that's unfortunate, right, because outside of him being a very smart, intelligent player, and it's always great to have a seasoned vet, somebody that's seen everything under the sun when it comes to football, leading up to it, playing very big games. Uh, He was very active with the Chargers. Um, I understand the direction the Chargers wanted to go on defense and what they were building. You got to have some young guys there. They brought in Ken, uh, Kendricks from uh, over to Minnesota. They brought in one vet that was, I believe, was a little younger than uh, Van Noy. Um, but I'm not surprised at how he's playing. Um, and I said this, you know, Chuck Smith, right, who who they brought in this year as a pass rushing coach and D line. I said I've, I've trained with Chuck, uh, Chuck Smith really all season when I when I played and. He is by far the best pass rushing coach I've ever been around. I mean, obviously, he was a great player, a great pass rusher. But as far as being a technician, I've never worked with anybody like that because it was little things he helped me with to kind of up my game a little bit to understand the uh, the technicality side of, of the pass rushing thing. Um, and I knew that they were going to play a lot better. So, you know, have him having an addition, that that team and Smith that they got over there, man, like they're going to do a lot of damage. And I, as you, to your point, I was very surprised that Van Noy was on the street as long as he was. Let me, let me pose it to you this way, Sean, because I think one of our fears still with this football team is that they don't have enough. First of all, Jadavion Clowney, I think is the, the bar was a little bit lower, but I think he has played well. I think we've been very pleasantly surprised with how much he's had to offer. But you know, the Ravens, David Ajabo and Adafi Owe have not been able to get on the field. They they don't have a ton in the edge rush department. What we know that they do have is an inside linebacker duo that at the moment appears to be the best in football in Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, who have both played at insanely high levels this season. Now, they've used them in the rush department, and I wonder, can you make up for it? I, I feel like edge rush is so critically important late in games when a team gets the ball back, so a play's got to be made, and you can you can have a strong secondary, but the play feels like it always has to be made up front. Can you still have this caliber of defense, and can you win a championship if your strength is at inside linebacker and not necessarily at edge rush? Yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, uh, and and speaking of just players, they they've been unfortunate with injuries. I mean, Whew. very unfortunate. <laughs> which I mean, it's. 
you know, over the past couple of years, I think that that one year when they had Marcus Peters out, I mean, it was like eight guys yeah. that went down. Yeah. And I mean, they, they've been much like my charges, right. With the same type of injury bug they've caught. Um, yes, you can. And let me, did they be on Clowney? He, you know, he did. I, I'll say this about anybody that get drafted that high. And I played with a guy, uh, Mario Williams, Sure. Uh, who got drafted by Houston, and I played with him in Buffalo. Anytime you get drafted, that number one pick or someone in the top three or four, people want you to come out and get a sack every time you put your hand in the dirt. Uh, that's that's just the expectations you have when you get drafted that high. Yes, he's not what everybody thought he was. He can still play. But you don't bring somebody like Clowney to a team expecting him to play Every single snap, make every single play. You you bring him in to make those big plays on third and long into the game and, and cause some kind of havoc and disruption in that backfield to get your guys off the field. They're they're not bringing him in because he's uh he's the JJBR Clowney, the one he dra- they drafted in Houston, the the big name guy who they expected to be all world. They brought him in at this stage of his career to cause disruption, to have bodies, somebody that's that is still capable of going out and making a play. Um, and so, yeah, they, they got a good group. And, I, you know, for me as a former defensive player and how the game has switched, I love the in, the interior linebacker tandem that they have because that is has been missing, right? The, the Patrick Willis, uh, Navarro Bowman, mm. right? The, mm. like, you, we've been missing those interior guys for a long time, and, and they have that with them too. Once upon a time, it was Ray Lewis and Bart Scott together here in Baltimore, right? right? Or uh, Ray and Adelius Thomas for a minute here together in Baltimore playing that position. Um, Sean, I, I, the funny thing being, it's hard for me to get a grasp on the AFC, right? Because like we came into the season saying, look, it's murderer's row, right? Look at all these quarterbacks. It's Lamar and Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert out there and Lawrence and uh, Josh Allen and Talia. And yet, like only Buffalo, and we have to ignore what happened in week one, has really kind of stood out so far. Um, it, it feels like maybe this is the, as, as good as it is, everybody's going to keep cannibalizing each other and keep beating each other up all season long. And it might be hard for any of the really good teams in the AFC to get a whole lot of separation from each other as the season goes on. You know, that, that's why I, um, I, I get it. Football fans, they get excited about everything, especially your favorite team. They get excited about a touchdown, a turnover, Everything right. Dallas Cowboys come out and smash the Giants forty to nothing right. on primetime TV. All of a sudden, they go into the Super Bowl. Right then, they come and drop one against Arizona. Um, Aaron Rodgers, big hype, hard knocks, turn this organization around. P four championship goes down with the Achilles. Right there now, they're now they're trying to figure out if they're even going to survive the rest of the season. The season is so long that you can't have your hopes up too high or too low. Or think that because of a couple games happened already, that that's what your team's going to be the entire year. You just don't know. Um, you know, take a you know example, somebody like um, you know Kansas City, right? I mean, they go out and drop a big one, and you know all of a sudden they bring Chris Jones back in, and now everybody has those same high hopes again. Just bringing in one player, one one major player to your defense. Now everybody's attitude has changed about the the future of that team. So. I, I just don't get my my hopes up high, and also too with a lot of these guys, teams don't stop playing well or clicking to game to week four, five, and six. Like that's when you start to know what you really have in the organization. Nobody expected J.K. Dobbins to go down, right? With that, like no, nope, yep. that Achilles. Nobody. We all had high hopes. I could not wait to see J.K. play because I love his running style and how physical he is and how active. I love watching yeah. him. 
guess what? He goes down and now it's the next man up. Uh, they you know brought in Melvin Gordon, and, you know, brought in some people to try to cover that up, but it's hard to replace a J.K. Dobbins. So I just don't get too high or too low when it comes to excitement for the season until week five or six, and then everybody starts to kind of clear themselves out a bit. You think the Ravens might regret not being in on uh, J.C. Jackson? What did you make of that whole thing? And I like, I think a lot of us were like, really? That's I know the money probably would have been tough for somebody to take on, and that's what the Patriots maybe had as a difference. But, boy, I, I don't know, man. I don't know how we completely write him off. He went through injuries a year ago. Where, where were you at with J.C. Jackson? Yeah, he had a he had a pretty grueling injury. I was there at that game, and when he came down in the end zone, I, I knew automatically it was it was something with his knee. I just didn't know what. Um, and it takes a while. Like people need to understand that when you have an injury of that magnitude, just because you're on the field, don't mean you're 100, percent right? And even if you physically feel capable and comfortable uh, going out there, it's just, now it's a mental battle of if I do this, is 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 my knee going to hold up, right? Is or I'm standing around a pile, just kind of looking around. The guys are moving their legs, lifting their legs up. Because now you're just you have that that conscious uh, thought process in the back of your mind that that could happen again. So it takes a little bit of time to get back on, and it's unfortunate with the charges because they had a lot of hopes for him coming in. He had he had some flashes of playing well, and then he had some flashes of like what in the hell we just gave this contract to him for. Um, but he can play. He can still go. I don't know necessarily if somebody was gonna. I was surprised that the Patriots were willing to make that trade and that contract and everything that he has, but they had to because their, their, their big cornerback went down, went down for the year with that shoulder. Um, so I, I wish him luck, man. Obviously he's a, he's a former Terp man. So I'm always rooting for my Terp guys. Uh, but I was very surprised that the Ravens with everything that happened there and the little pieces that they need, didn't try to make a, a harder effort to go after JC. Seems like he could have been a really good fit for a depleted secondary. All right, Sean Merriman, I mentioned you, uh, of course, uh, a mogul now in the fight game. You got some fights this weekend, right? We, we do. We do got a big fight. Uh, Lights Out Extreme fighting this Saturday. We'll be live on Football TV, Football Sports at 6 p.m. Pacific. Um, we got a lot of the next up-and-coming superstars in this sport. You, you don't want to miss this one. This is, this is our biggest car we've had so far. Um, and, yeah, we just keep growing, man. So you can get more information at LightsOutXF.com and – if you don't have football, man, make sure you get it this Saturday. It's going to be a big one. Uh, anything else we can plug for you, brother? I, I have my my twenty first annual winter oh. coat drive coming up. When yeah, do, do, coat, do we know the date? Uh, the Penn the Penn State game. I think that's November fourth. I was planning on making an announcement next week, but awesome. Uh, but you guys, yeah, you guys always supported it, yeah. man. And, and without you know you guys and just everybody from the area support, I, I wouldn't be able to do it 21 years, man. So it's it's been cool. We will make sure we do this again leading up to the coat drive. Um, we've always, you know, we try to get out and uh, and bring coats ourselves and anything we can do to help you out with that. You know how much it means to us that you continue to do that. It's an amazing thing. I am so glad to hear that, brother. Sean Merriman, always appreciate you, bro. We'll be in touch. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. You got it, man. Thanks for having me on. It's Sean Merriman, Maryland legend, uh, Mr. Lights Out himself, and uh, very good. He, he'll be doing the co-drive for the Penn State game. Uh, and 21, man, that's crazy. I just realized how old I am. That's one of those things that hits you. You hear that number, you're like, oh, I remember when that started. And I was I was an adult. <laughs> like, I was not a child when that began. Oh, boy. Oh, my uh sean merriman uh, uh great dude and uh, appreciate him taking the time for us i do think ultimately the money was going to prevent the jc jackson thing from ever being an option but 
it's tough. Like you just look and say, boy, that uh, you know, I, I I get that that jealousy. I'm like, I could any good football player. I feel like you could use, especially at those places. Today's show um, brought to you. You're gonna hear. I'll just tell you. You're gonna hear segment number two of the Tyus Bowser show before we get out of here today. And if you find yourself listening to these shows or seeing pictures and videos from these shows and thinking to yourself, man, everybody's having a great time. That's because we are. These are shows, but they are really events. Tyus is the nicest human that I've maybe ever met in my entire life. And he goes above and beyond. Every time I tell him, you got to get out of it. We got to get you out of here, man. Like, we got it. He's like, eh, I'm good. I'll stick around. He just sticks around and hangs out with everybody when the show's over. I've, I've never seen anything like it. We're going to be back, not next Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, October 17th, at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. This is another opportunity for you to come out, rub elbows with Tyus and a special guest, some of your favorite players. It was Justice Hill this week. If you missed it already this season, you missed Rashad Bateman, you missed Michael Pierce. We've had Mark Andrews out, Marlon Humphrey, Calais Campbell came by last year, Justin Houston, Patrick Queen's been out. You have missed chances to meet some of the biggest stars and some of your favorite players. Kyle Hamilton. Don't miss the next opportunity. Tuesday, October 17th, Mother's North Grill and Timonium for the Tyus Bowser Show. It's a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and AJ Michaels. Find out more, PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We will see you on the 17th. Good? All right, excellent. Let's switch things up a little bit. A very interesting, it's going to be a very, very busy weekend. And on top of everything else, the Get In The Game Sports Business Career Conference is happening at the Sheraton Inner Harbor this weekend. Joining us now to tell us a little bit more about what that event is all about, he is Yusuf Khan, and he is with us here on GCR. Yusuf, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Glenn, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. Man, it's it's good to chat with you. When I heard about this event, I thought, this is awesome. And I don't know that everybody really knows what it's all about. Now, admittedly, I know it's a busy weekend for everybody. But um, tell us a little bit about how this event came about, what the idea was, who it's for. Just give us all the, you know, the who, what, when, where, why of the event. Sure. sure. Well, first of all, we tried to call Billy to move the concert. He yeah, unfortunately a, could not move it. What a it. jerk, but, that guy. Yeah, I'm telling you. We, I tried to do the New York thing. He didn't go along with it. So <laughs> unfortunately, we couldn't, couldn't make it happen. But we were there first. We were there first. <laughs> But um, we're excited about the event. It's called the Get in the Game Sports Business Career Conference. It takes place October 6th through the 8th at the Sheraton Inner Harbor, right across from Camden and M&T. And we created the event um, to help educate HBCU students and students of color about the sports business industry and the career pathways within it. Because I've been in the sports business industry for about 25 years. I'm also a professor of sports management. And we noticed that a lot of students aren't prepared for the business side of sports, not just the fandom, but the business side, particularly when it comes to students of color. So we wanted to create an event to help educate them about that. So is this event specifically for current students or is it also maybe for like someone who's, who's went to an HBCU, is someone of color who 
has is maybe out of school and is still trying to launch a career in this business? Yeah, it's for both. We've opened it up to all college students as well as, listen, if you're a first, second, third year grad, um, we'd love to have you there because, you know, many times your career path can be in a job or it could be pursuing your next education step. So we have graduate programs that are coming there as well. So it's open to, you know, everyone that wants to attend and learn from some really uh, great, intelligent people in the industry. Let's talk about that, right, Yusuf, because I, I, I'm sure it's part of this is speakers. I'm sure some of it is just like rubbing elbows with people that make decisions and can help you out in the process. Can you tell us a little bit more about maybe some of the programming and and, and folks that might be there this weekend um, that'll have that that students would have the opportunity to rub elbows with. Sure, definitely. So we have um, it's it's a combination of sessions as well as workshops and a career fair. So you can have the opportunity to potentially interview with different uh, partners, corporate partners that are sponsoring the event for potential internships and or part time or full time opportunities. Um, we'll also have some great executives there, people from Under Armour, from the Ravens, from the Orioles. Um, we also have uh, four of the five HBCU commissioners on a special session called uh, State of HBCU Athletics with the conference commissioners from the CIAA, MEAC, SIAC, and the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. Um, and then we also have a session on uh, college athletics administration where we're featuring the ADs from Bowie State Clyde Dowdy, uh, Marvin Lewis, who is at Morgan, uh, excuse me, George Mason University. And then we have two coaches from Morgan State, Kenny Monday, who's the wrestling coach, as well as Regina Smith, who is the acrobatics and tumbling coach. So we have a wide array of speakers and executives from all different walks in the sports business industry, broadcasting, media, college athletics, administration, et cetera. And that job fair, that's so important. Such an opportunity yes. for everybody to just like make a real connection that could end up changing their life. During the Definitely. course of the weekend. Um, Yusuf Khan is with us. Again, it's the Get in the Game Sports Business Conference. And uh, go ahead, Yusuf, if you would give the details for people that are saying, like, oh, I'm just hearing about this. I know somebody this is for. Um, website, social, how do they get involved right now if they want to sign up? Sure. So the main website is getinthegameconference.net, N-E-T. And if you can't make it, you can also, we're going to be streaming it live. And you can stream it live at watch.firstandpen.com, which is my site. So we have many ways to access it, and we're really excited to come to Baltimore. Baltimore is a great city. You guys have been very inviting and very welcoming to us, so we're excited to be coming down there tomorrow. On top of everything else, I do want to make sure that we say I, I want to support every – This is all these events are great for our community um, everybody's talking about it being like a problem to have so much going on this week. And I'm like, no, it's not. This is what yeah. we want. We want to be a big event city. We want to be a place where everybody knows you can come to Baltimore and we can pull off uh, weekends like this and events like this and everybody have a great time. And this is how we show off our wonderful yes. city to everybody and stuff like this. And then uh, real quick, like if, if somebody says, hey, um, I, I kind of do want to go to the game on Saturday or something like that. Like, can they, is there an option to be able to make it out for parts of the event if they can't make it out for all of the events? Yes. So as long as you register, you are registered for the entire weekend. So if you want to come before the game, if you want to come after the game, um, we're going to have something really cool. We're going to be doing a screening of a documentary called The League on the Negro Leagues on Saturday evening. And we'll have a Q&A with the director, Sam Pollard. Um, so that's an event. And then Sunday morning, 
you know, we'll kick off again at 8 a.m. and we go all the way to three. So anytime, you know, anybody wants to come down, please, we'd love to have you there. And and again, you know, thank you to the Baltimore community for welcoming us out and really showing us some love as we came down there. That's wonderful. Again, getinthegameconference.net is the website for you to find out more about this excellent event this weekend. Um, not just for current HBCU students or current students of color, but someone who's maybe trying to find their way. And I know that I trust me and I'm not even a person of color. You know, I'm as white as they come. But I know uh, how difficult uh, it is when you're trying to launch your career. And particularly, as uh, we point out, also going up against, you know, the the unfortunate um, you know, the issue of privilege and the opportunities that are available, I, I certainly understand that. So for anybody who's still trying to make their way uh, through this industry, it's a great opportunity. Uh, Yusuf Khan, I, I really supporting what you guys are doing. We're so glad that you're doing it here in Baltimore. We, we love having you. Thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning, and best of luck this weekend, all right? Thank you, Glenn. I appreciate it. And if you want to come down, you're more than welcome between the game and Billy. So come on down. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Yusuf. <laughs> Yusuf, Thank you, guys. Yusuf Khan with us here on GCR, uh, and that's a great event to, to get out and support this weekend. All right, when we come back in, we're going to get a tidbit, we're going to get tubular, and we're also going to bring you segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show. Griffin, uh, we only have like a day left for everybody to get signed up for our contest. you want to remind everybody about it? Yes. Uh, maybe your fantasy football team needs a lot of help. Uh, I'm starting Josh Dobbs this week. I don't think, you know, I think that's good i think that's uh, you know could be very well be very good yeah um uh so press box and live casino and hotel we have the answer for anyone who thinks their team does need a lot of help one lucky winner will receive a private fantasy football consultation with our very own press box fantasy football expert joe serpico with ongoing help throughout the season including advice on starts and sits trades and waiver wire pickups plus a VIP game day experience at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Sports and Social with a reserve table and a $200 food and beverage credit. To enter, go to PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. Last day is tomorrow. Tomorrow is the last day, so make sure you go to PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. You must be 21 or older to enter. Complete rules are available over at PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. All right, very good. We'll come back in and uh, do all those things that I just told you about on Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. All aboard! 
The Orioles train keeps on moving and it's ahead of schedule. The birds are motoring towards a playoff run here in 2023 as their magic number keeps getting smaller and smaller. I'm Paul Valley, and you can find me along with Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here on the Bataround. We'll navigate you through the playoff push as the Orioles look to put an exclamation point on what is turning out to be the best season of the last 40 years. So join us on the Orioles train and let's enjoy the ride together right here on the Bataround. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland Open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the higher edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? And a reminder that for this week only, Project Game Day is moving until after the Orioles game. Again, after the Orioles game on Sunday, because the Orioles game will be at 4, after the Ravens game at 1. Everybody can watch both games, and then we'll come talk about both of them, probably in the neighborhood of 7 o'clock, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash online. I know Reed and I will be there. I'm going to guess Andrew Stecco will choose to jump in, see if KZ wants to hang out, and then I'm working on a different maybe special guest for Sunday just because of the unique nature of it being both Orioles and Ravens that we'll be talking about. Um, so working on that right now. We'll see how it goes. But um, Project Game Day on Sunday will be it after the Orioles game, and we will cover 
all of what you have been watching for six hours at that point. So um, that's the plan for this week only. All right, we are winding down for a Thursday edition of the program. Today's show, or maybe not brought to you by, but a reminder that Stan the Fan Charles is working hard for you. Stan and I are going to do our pick segment today at about 4.15, I believe is the plan for us, 4.15 for picks. Stan, Ross, and Luke usually get together on Mondays. It was Tuesday this week, and we'll see. The playoff schedule might move a little bit, um, but I think this week it was because of the uh, Brooks Memorial. But Stan Ross and Luke Jackson typically talking baseball with you every Monday, and so hopefully uh, that'll all be on Monday. They'll be talking about a team that's up 2-0 in the AL Division Series. Mm. Hopefully that'll be the case, as Monday will be the off day in that series. Also want to point out, uh, if you're looking ahead for the next Tyus Bowser show, that would be the off day in the American League Championship Series. So mm. it worked out very well for us. No excuses, no, well, I don't know if I can make it out. Uh-uh. Off day. The championship series will be Sunday and Monday at home. Off Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Off Saturday, Sunday, Monday again. That's the championship series. So works out perfectly for us that it would happen that day. All right? That's the plan. Tyus Bowser show. Uh, all right. Uh, Last night. Tidbit, right. Yes, yeah, that's what we're yes. doing. Last night in uh, the Rays win, their series. Yeah, we really didn't win. talk at all about any of the baseball, did we? Yeah, I mean, I guess we knew we it was going to happen. We had a lot going happen. on today. Yeah. Well, I hope you played what Peter Schmuck suggested. Yeah, and if you didn't. That's an all-time call. Oh, you got the. Yeah. You, what, 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 and if, if you didn't and you and you made a losing bet, not yeah. listening to Peter Schmuck, uh-huh. well, go over to the FanDuel. If you were at the FanDuel Sportsbook mm-hmm. at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. That's where Peter Schmuck told you he was going. Yes, he did. Right. Uh, but turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and january 4th 2024 all live casino and hotel maryland rewards members will be able to enter their losing slips into the second chance to win drum and two nights a week 20 different winners will be chosen prizes ranging from live casino and hotel maryland apparel sports and social ultimate happy hour and cash and free play prizes worth up to 500 dollars. drawings will be held every thursday and monday at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Adirondack Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly and for help visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLE. I was talking about this as I finally gave up on watching the Rays-Rangers game. I was sitting here watching it. Colson came in. He was like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm watching wrestling now. There's no reason for me to still be watching this game. What are we doing? Um, but... And that's not true. I actually flipped over to the Twins, uh, a Blue Jays game once. It was it was like seven zero. I yeah, just said no, this is man. this is over with. And he said, "Well, don't we kind of think the Rangers are the better matchup?" I'm like, <sighs> what I, worries me about the Rangers is that I think if Young had stayed healthy all season, they're probably they probably win the division. I think. And I get it, every team deals with injuries, and so I'm not trying to... I just think that having him now, I don't know that we realize truly how dangerous they are. So, whereas the Rays lost their pitchers and weren't getting them back, the Rangers lost a huge piece and got them back. And I just worry that we are not fully aware of how good the Rangers are. Now, look, it doesn't change anything about the Orioles. It doesn't change anything about... What's in front of them? It ends all of the, well, it would be unfair for the teams with the best record to have to meet in the division series. They're not. So so there's that. <laughs> um, I, I just think the Rangers, 
I was never on board with like the Rangers are definitively the better matchup after game one. I was like, I don't think the better matchup at all. But I, I just be very wary of being like thinking that that's somehow a good thing for the Orioles. I mean, they just went on the road and won two. And get the road because God, they were they, I mean, Sean McDonough oh was killing God. them, As, killing I mean, them. I guess what's it matter? I mean, yeah, what's it really I get matter? It. I get it. They're um, they're really building another stadium in St. Petersburg. They're really doing. I mean, that, that was unbelievable. How little I, man? I should I I don't have the stat. It was they at that game yesterday. There was nineteen thousand people. And at look, the Royals last game of the season. There yeah. were more people. There was twenty thousand okay, people. But it's also the on the weekend. Like we need to, we do need to acknowledge that all of these things this is are a playoff game. I know, but and I get it. Somebody would say, well, "Look at the Twins, right?" Like I, I understand. It's all problems. Nobody's denying it. The un, the the it, the biggest issue for Tampa is look, they're good. They they're not going. They got their stadium. They're staying. Like Nashville's got to go. Keep looking around, and I don't even know who's on the table now for Nashville and Montreal. Uh, I don't New think. New team, right? I don't think baseball could be looking to expand. I mean, they just sla- why not, right? But, but they just slashed all those minor league teams. Yeah. A couple years ago, I mean, I get it. Like the NFL has thirty-two, so if you're baseball, why not go to thirty-two? But like the owners, kind of clearly wanted to get rid of something, so they slashed a bunch of minor league teams. I guess the argument would be there's a bunch of minor league markets out there that could be new markets. For there to be two new franchises, but tough, tough sledding, tough sledding right now for cities that want to get into baseball. That like the strategy is working by playing. I mean, I, I obviously the A's are going to move, so it's not everybody. Yeah. But by having all those cities out there and dangling them, they have successfully managed to get six hundred million dollars here in Baltimore, six hundred million dollars from St. Petersburg, and. You know, now Milwaukee's the next up that's going to try to hold M- Milwaukee again, opened after Camden Yards. Now they're going to try to hold that city and that uh, municipality uh, hostage in order to get money for their stadium. But they're going to stick it out in St. Petersburg, which I, I keep trying to give Rays fans the benefit of the doubt that like the distance to St. Petersburg is a problem, but they're building another effing stadium in St. Petersburg. It's insanity. In a stadium that was not short on an open seat in Philly, Bryson Stott became the youngest player yeah. in Philly's history with four RBIs in a playoff game, which was uh, previously held by the only other Philly with a grand slam in the postseason. In 2008, this 27-year-old 2008? for the Phillies. Yes. Um, 2008. Would that have been – I mean, it, it had it, Ryan Howard? Not Ryan Chase Howard. Chase Utley? Not Chase Utley. Jason Worth, not Jason Worth. Jimmy yeah, Rollins, the entire roster. No. Hunter Pence. You're getting close. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Shane Victorino. Shane Victorino. Yes. Jeez. Shane. Victorino. Boy, I know more of the 2008 yeah. Phillies than I. Um, and I mean, so I never got to Chris there... Cost, the backup catcher or Coast. Is that what his name was? I don't know why I know. Oh, because he wrote a book. That's why I know oh, okay. Chris Coast. Chris so, Coast wrote a book, and then like the morning after the World Series, I just out of nowhere decided to call him. Like, maybe Chris Coast will come on with us. He was like, all right. And so he came on with us the morning after they won the World Series. Wow. Um, so, I mean, is there, does that, should that make an argument for every playoff game should be a night games? Like, I mean, looking at the way there's Philly, no, there's like no Philly correct, was. And this is also measuring TV versus, um, you know, like live and it being a TV sport. It was, it's interesting that they haven't spread them out as much, that everything's between three and eight yeah. for the four games. So, like, in the past, I thought it was more like one, four, seven. Like, the idea being that they could get all the games. 
obviously that didn't work out this year with there being no West Coast team hosting in the wild card round. I, I, I don't know what the right answer to this is. I I, I think old school people tell you that like that was the, did they used to play the World Series in the afternoon? Like they used to yeah. play deep into the playoffs in the afternoon. So I don't I don't know what the right answer is. That changed because of television. You know, I, I, I wish I had a, a more thoughtful answer to give here. Like, it's lucking out that in Baltimore, games one and two are both on the weekend. And so we're not going to find it. But as everybody pointed out, I expect that, that things would have been packed in Baltimore. Let's also be honest. Like, it's a wild card round. Eh, Philly's a bad argument for this because Philly was still packed. It's a yeah. wild card round. Minnesota in a, looked good, too. In a mar- but Minnesota hadn't won a playoff series in yeah. 20 years, right? Like, in Baltimore, things are more rabid because this, this doesn't happen every year. In Tampa, it's kind of happened yeah, every year, and so I just don't know. Like, I I don't think there would have been nineteen thousand people there for an ALCS game in Tampa. I don't think that would have been the case. But Less. go ahead. The Rangers are the first team uh, in to open a postseason with consecutive road wins uh, by four runs since twenty ten, when it was ah twenty ten. Consecutive road wins to open their season, winning Tw- by four runs. To open their post- season? Yes, consecutive four postseason. That's what I was going to say. Yes, yes. Postseason. In 2010, that would have been... It is... Stop it! Okay, sorry. That's the year at... So the Yankees won in nine, right? Correct. So 10 would have been... F, why do I not remember who won the World Series in 2010? Uh, yeah, you should know. Shut up! Okay, sorry. God, you annoy me. <laughs> Ten was <sighs> San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco won the World Series, yes. Uh, but they weren't the one that no, they weren't. It was Texas. A, yeah, so it was Texas. A trick question. The Rangers yeah. also against the Rays. Yeah. In All right, my bad. My bad. All right. Uh, and then uh, Kodai Senga became the sixth. Yes, the sixth rookie pitcher since uh, in the wild card era. So since nineteen ninety four to record 200 strikeouts as a rookie pitcher. Can you okay. name the other five with 200 strikeouts? As a rookie? As a rookie. Since, uh, since 1994. All since 94. Hideo Nomo? Uh, Hideo, Nono, Hideo Nomo has the most, And yes. again, that's such a, you know, like, does he, rookie, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that was always the, the issue with somebody like that. I don't think any of, like, I don't think Matsuzaka did it, right? Uh, he, in fact, did do it. Did he really? 201 strikeouts with the Red Sox in 07 list kind of doesn't count <laughs> bunch of guys that were are there any more of those on the list or are they all uh, real rookies yes there's still more, more? there's still more chan ho park not chan ho park uh did 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 otani do it uh no Otani. i was gonna say uh another another uh tanaka not tanaka what did i mean tanaka I'm guessing it wasn't it Hideki Arabu. It was not Arabu. <laughs> uh, God. It was a Japanese pitcher. Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Oh, was it you, Darvish? It was you, Darvish, okay. yes, in 2012 with the Tejas big, big Rangers tidbit day, I guess. Yeah, right. Um, and then two and more. Then two that were actually legitimate. Yeah, I guess, yeah, if you want to call them legit, sure. I mean, I, it's very difficult to talk about this. Uh, Kerry Wood? Uh, yes, Kerry Wood. Was it Mark Pryor, too? Uh, no, it was not. Oh, Kerry Wood in 1998. 
200 plus strikeouts. And then this one, yeah. the final one. Very recent. Very recent, you say. Very recent. Like, as in this year? Not this year, but Cause almost as recent as this year. Almost as recent as this year. I don't know. This was last year, 200 strikeouts. Last year. i got to remember who was a rookie last year. I think he won. Yeah, he won rookie. Yeah. It was either him or his teammate that won it. It was either him or his teammate that won it. Uh, well, Julio Rodriguez, right, was Rookie of the Year in the American mm-hmm. League last year. Who was the National League Rookie it of the Year It was his teammate, year? so he didn't win Rookie of the Year. Uh, Spencer Strider? Spencer okay, Strider, Because it yes. was Harris that won, mm-hmm. right? Michael Harris yeah. won, and Spencer Strider had 202 okay. strikeouts last season. All right. Yeah. Very good. So there you go. Very good. All-time, do you think you can name? Well, when I say all-time, I guess I mean modern era, but since, so, so since 19, like, 40. Who had the most strikeouts yeah, by a rookie? Yeah. Since 1940? I don't remember how many strikeouts. He was a Mets pitcher. Nolan Ryan? Not Nolan Ryan. Well, it's kind of Tom Seaver? Not Tom Seaver. Doc Gooden? Doc Gooden. Doc Gooden. 284 Doc strikeouts. Gooden. That does make sense. As a rookie. That does make sense. 1984. All right. Very good. Uh, Tubular brought to you today by the Baltimore County Police Department, October 28th at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Chopper Road in Towson. For hiring and community event, you can go through the entire process, written test, agility test, application, the whole deal, if you are looking for a career change. But also, if you just want to bring your kids out for somewhere safe to go for trunk or treating, bring them to the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson on October 28th. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com, 410-887-4584 is the phone number in order to find out more. No baseball, so we can all dedicate our full and undivided attention to the game of the year of the century, Amazon Prime, Bears, Commanders, get it. Man, 8-15 they, they lucked tonight. Out. They lucked out. It's what it is, man. Uh, you, you could. What's if college you, football? Yeah, man? Sam Houston and Liberty at 7 o'clock uh-huh. on CBS Sports Network and on ESPNU, Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech at 8 o'clock. I don't know anything about those teams, but that smells like the type of game that could be sneaky fun. L.A. Tech. <laughs> like I feel like those teams have been involved with ridiculous – like that smells like it's somehow 53 to 31 uh, – 53 to 33, like some bizarre score – it's scorigami all over right. it. Like, it's what it just smells like. Of course, now it means it's going to be like 10-7. But that's <laughs> just the way I think about those teams. Um, uh, that's There's nothing. Some pre- preseason basketball actually gets underway to, right now on uh, oh, okay. NBA TV. Mavericks Timberwolves from Abu Dhabi. Preseason huh. hockey tonight on, on TNT. It's it's what it is. There's some, some sort of golf something on the golf channel. I don't know. It, dude, it's what it is. What else? Uh, uh, Loki, season two at oh, 9 p.m. Okay. 9 p.m. Right. tonight on Disney Plus. Loki will drop. There, so I guess they're going to continue rolling with this. Because Ahsoka. Interesting. They Ahsoka, did that at yeah, 9 p.m.? Yeah, Ahsoka was a 9 p.m. Tuesday okay. night thing. So. I think I'm in favor of that. Yeah. Like who? Now you don't have to watch prime, uh, the, the, the prime football. I'm, let's not kid ourselves. I'm going to watch the stupid game. I'm going to do it. Um, I'm playing. I think I'm playing the commander's defense in one league. Well. And I think I'm playing Justin Fields in another league. So I'm pretty sure DJ think. Moore is on my team. Yeah, in I'm league. trying to avoid having to play anyone, I think. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I'm not really There's, all that. Yeah, no, uh, everything else go to Glenn yeah. Clark Radio. Uh, Bob Odenkirk will be on Stephen Colbert tonight. But I don't know how this works. Like, to talk about what? I don't know. I guess uh, what he's buying at the grocery store. Yeah, I mean, like, 
it's a weird bit. I haven't watched any of these things. I think Kimmel put on Cassidy Hutchinson, the girl that like turned on Donald Trump. Yeah. Like I just I guess so they're mostly talking politics. Well, did you I see guess? the first couple of weeks of SNL were announced? Oh, they did. And it's Pete, are they back? They're they're not back this week. Are not they? this week. It's next weekend. The first week is Pete Davidson as the host, so like you know, just an old standby. And then week two, Bad Bunny is host oh. is host and musical guest. Yes. So I know it's a big deal for you. Yeah, I know you'll be very excited about one. Bad Bunny. But like they, I don't Pete Davidson and Ice Spice. Okay. Yeah, but I don't. I like I don't know how Pete Davidson is getting. I know he's a stand-up, but he's also very much an actor at this point. So I don't know how that works that he's allowed to do it like i was kind of thinking that like when they announced that snl was going to be back it was going to have to be a lot of bad bunnies hosting like i thought it was going to be like bad bunny one week ice spice the next week they should get taylor swift Ta- yeah taylor swift they bring back um like uh and like charles barkley hosts again something like that i thought it might have to be all of that for the season so i don't know how that's gonna work for snl moving forward all right uh thanks today too uh, oh man, John Eisenberg joining us in the studio. That was great. Thanks to Sean Merriman. Thanks to Ken Zalis. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. We know we'll preview the Steelers with Charlie Batch tomorrow yes. and the Ravens with Bo Smolka. And we know that Stan will be in studio tomorrow. We're going to try to do some baseball stuff tomorrow. It could end up being a very busy day. It could end up being a, you know, just a day where we get ready for a playoff series. But uh, we know all that coming up tomorrow. I should one more time remind you that uh, your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com bring you today's program. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, the Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go nobody. Duke sucks. And we will wrap up. now we wrap up today's show. I was going to get there. Oh, okay. I was going to get there. I did have a momentary brain fart, but as soon as I said it, I was like, right. So I, you were right to step in, okay. but I was. Gotcha. Okay. It was yeah. all planned. No, no, no. You were oh. right. No, it wasn't planned at all. I just realized as I had said it what was going on. You were right to step in. We wrap up today's show. Segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show from Guilford Hall Brewery. Come for that's a not, game. That's not Stay that. For that's something else. No, it is not. That's definitely there not segment go. two of the Tyus Bowser Show. Welcome back in for segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show from Guilford Hall Brewery in the station north, Glenn and Rita. And would you please make some noise one more time for Tyus Bowser and Justice Hill. One week from Sunday, so we're talking about October 15th. Of course, the Ravens will be in London, and the place to be to watch the game will be right here at Guilford Hall Brewery for a Ravens London watch party. They're opening very early, 8 a.m., and if you go right now to guilfordhall.com, you can purchase a $25 all-you-can-drink Guilford beer ticket Rita, please remember you have to do the post game show that day. Um, please. I'm actually remember. going to be getting the bottomless mimosas. Yeah. So. Yes, exactly. And so I will be doing that. Yeah. I will be here since you're since they will be open at eight o'clock, and I don't live too far here. I'm just gonna stop by and 
I and might be a little saucy. Still being here eight hours later. Yeah. Might be a little saucy on the post-game show, but you, you'll understand because the bottomless mimosas will have kicked in by then. So Get your uh, $25 all-you-can-drink Guilford beer ticket again at guildfordhall.com and be here for Ravens Titans from London on October 15th. Place opens at 8 a.m. We love Guilford Hall Brewery. All right, so um, Tyus, obviously, we, we, we know it won't be the next round. There still could be the, you know, the whole Orioles-Astros thing down the road, and we'll deal with that as necessary when we get there. But in the meantime, have you sensed, like, around the locker room any amount of, like, Orioles fever? Are guys involved, invested, feeling it at all? To be honest, I don't think so. Oh, we got to do something about that. I don't think so. But I know for me, like I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You are. You're. I've been here for six years. It's true. And, and you've been to a lot of bad. Tyus goes to games. I go to games, people. He's been to a lot of. I've bad. been to games when it was raining and ain't nobody out there. I've been to games where it's cold That's and it's right. only twenty people okay. in the stands, and we losing by ten. Like I was there, you know, and to see them doing good now. And I'm seeing all these fake Oreo fans, and they want to pack up the stadiums now. It's all good, you know. <laughs> you know, they only love you when you win it. But I've been there from the jump. But it's just nice to see them doing well now. It's nice to see the city. It's nice to see the vibe around the area. And I'm just looking forward to the playoffs this year. I think I'm looking forward to most of you guys. So, obviously, you know what it's like for the playoff vibe for football, right? You guys yeah. have been here. So, you know that vibe. It's a little different, yeah. I think, when it comes to baseball. And I don't think that you've had the opportunity to experience that here. I haven't. No. Um, so that, I think that that's the part that I think you guys will get into. Because we love the Ravens, for sure. But this, this is, they love the Orioles a lot here, too. So it is very much equally a baseball town as it is a football town. So I, I can't wait for y'all to like experience like the Orioles and then hopefully the Ravens behind it yeah. so we can get two parades within a six-month period. Hey, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> Justice, uh, you, you're from Oklahoma. I'm from Oklahoma. Did you, did you root for the Rangers? Did you care about baseball? Like, Believe it or not, I probably never watched a baseball game before. Really? What? So how do we change that? Like, can, who's I guess got I got to tag along with Tyus now. He's, he's been here Ty, for six years. Get this man into to, a game. Come on now. We're going to have to set something up, man. We're yeah, going to have to set up, yeah. you know. Like, I don't even like know how the playoffs work. Is it a series? Is it win or go home? No. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like football. It's a series. It's like basketball. You, put, you watch it's basketball. A series. Like okay. a, it's a series. So you got it. I'm going to have to do something where we get like a suite, you know, step. invite some of the guys and, you know, just enjoy ourselves. I was I actually wondering if, like, guys, because you, I'm sure you have to deal with all the time people asking you for tickets. Yeah. And I was wondering if like any of the guys were like now trying to turn around and do the same thing right now, like hitting other people up, like, yo, can you get me some tickets? And see, the thing is, like, I always go to games and guys are like, man, you don't ever invite me. You never. And I'm like, you never even want to come out, you know? <laughs> but, you know, the one thing that I'm willing to Call do. Call somebody is, out. Who's a fake one? Who's one? I ain't going to put nobody please, out there. But you I'm know, a, you invited dudes out the games when the Orioles were bad and they were all like, yo, I'm good. And then. I ain't, ain't going to put nobody out there. But, but one thing I'm willing to do is, you know, just as a brotherhood, just have everybody just come out and enjoy themselves. I'm all for, you know, being around the guys, enjoying ourselves. And, you know, I'm willing to go out of my pocket, you know, for something, especially as big as the playoffs this year. So if 
guys is up for it, man, I'm definitely all for, you know, making it happen. You know, Marlon, and I, Marlon already said he wants to sing the national anthem for the game. So maybe we can I get Marlon to get y'all today, in. Actually, I've actually heard him practicing that. So. <laughs> Wait, really? Are you Seriously? serious? I heard him singing it Okay. <laughs> no comment. I don't know if it was for that reason. but I need a review. He needs no, some more work. No comment from me. <laughs> he said he needs more work. Man, I think that's a really bad idea, but I also kind of want to see it happen. I'm, I'm, I'm being definitely interested. I'm interested. I want to kind of see it happen. Ain't no way they're going to make that happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no way. Not, not in the playoffs, for sure. Ain't no possible way. So, so Justin, if it's, if it's not baseball, what's something that, like, in your life? Because we know Tyus loves going to basketball games. Like, he's constantly going, whether it's the Wizards or, like, local college basketball games around Ooh. here. Is there something that like you, you're like, dude, I, if I gotta spend $500 on a ticket, I got, like, uh -huh. is there concert, anything like that that you right. love going out and doing? I mean, now you put it like that, I guess I'm pretty lame, man. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do any of that. Really? Like, no. Did you play any other sports growing up? Yeah, I, I ran track, uh, did a little basketball, not like Ty is no. playing in college, but Hang I was on. in the church lead. <clears throat> Would Justice make the five? I've never seen Justice play before. That so is the politically sure. correct uh, way of him sure. saying not a chance <laughs> yeah. in hell. That's I'm not saying that. I'm, hey, I'm saying I got I'm some game, seen. man. I got some game a little bit. If, if I see it, you know, I can, I can make my evaluations and be like, yeah, you know, but I haven't seen him play yet, so we'll yeah, see. Yeah. We'll see. But, yeah. but I'm from Oklahoma, though, man, so we didn't really have that much going on ain't out there. Ain't too much going on. It ain't literally not much. You just going to school, playing your sport, and then Go back home. home. Go and home. So that, that was me in college. And she was same out here, so yeah, I do. I need to get out a little bit more and do some more. What things. part of Oklahoma? Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So you going to Tulsa Hurricane games and stuff? As a See, I didn't. I didn't go to any of them. <laughs> they weren't good. They weren't that good. So he really I mean, did just nothing. something to do. You know what I'm saying? Just like True. you know, he I want to get out had, the house. He had to get had ready for football. Yeah, you like go fishing or anything? Like I don't even much, think they man. have water. In yeah, you see, you got a couple little ponds. I did go fish a little bit, but not hardcore like some of these guys. But I do a little something. Bro, you got to take this dude out and do something. I got to. I got to get out something. I got to. See, I got his number. I'm going to have to use it. I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right, Tyus, um, so let's stick with the basketball because we know you, you like basketball a lot, right? And there's been a lot going on in the basketball world. I have to assume that you've been abreast of everything. That's a great uh, word, by the way. <laughs> That's a great word. So, um, Damian Lillard trade. Uh-huh. Thoughts? I think it's a good trade. I for think who? For who? For the Bucks. Yeah, probably not for the Blazers. But then, but then Drew Holiday signing Boston Celtics. Yeah, that's what I'm saying for the Bucks. So not the Trailblazers because they didn't get anything really out of it besides DeAndre Aiden, and you know he's a solid player, but that's not like a blockbuster trade. So, but who do you have? Yeah, who's the team to beat now? Who do you have? Who's Celtics the team to or beat? Bucks? Yeah, the Celtics or the Bucks? Um, in the East, of course. The Celtics just continue to disappoint me in big time moments. So I'm going to go with the Bucks because I, I know Damian Lillard is capable of doing it. He just have not had the, the talent around him to make it happen. And when you got Giannis, you have a lot of other really good role players around him that can 
make it happen. I, I, Middleton, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely believe in that. I'm, I'm actually fascinated in this. Justice, do you follow the NBA? If you don't, like, do yeah. you even know, like, that Damian Lillard was <laughs> traded to Milwaukee? No, I do. I saw that headline. <laughs> I saw that headline. Believe it or not, <laughs> I did watch a lot of basketball. Okay, all right. So all right. The last time I did watch basketball, it's been a while. Is when KD left the Thunder, Russell left the Thunder. That was a very was a long time. Ago. I used to watch it. Yeah, I used to, I used to be a real fan. And then once they all left, man, I was like, you know what? This just ain't for me no more. That was the last time you actually. That's the last time I watched it, like NBA games. Man. That was wow. like a legit decade ago. That was a Literally. decade ago. Literally. Yeah, it's been a little minute, man. It's been a minute. Hey, I told you, man, I'm pretty lame, man. <laughs> man, <laughs> man. That's I'm starting wild. to wonder you walk into Justice's house on a Friday night. He's just like sitting there staring at the <laughs> yeah, wall. Like, <laughs> I'm just staring at, staring at the ceiling, man. He's popcorn. In the bed, just <laughs> looking at the ceiling. In my recovery Dark. <laughs> Can't see nothing. That's crazy. Man, dude, that is We got to get you out the house, bro. I think I'm going to make that my mission, bro. Take this man to a baseball game. I'm going to invite you to a few basketball games, you know what I'm saying, this year. I got you, bro. Yeah, all right, for sure. I got you. I need to do something more around the city. I am a traveler, though. I like to travel. Okay. Well, you like to travel, so let's get to that. What is your favorite place to travel, both nationally and internationally? I mean, each place is a... A new experience, and so it's my favorite. Every time I go to a new place, I'm like, dang, this is my favorite. And then I go to another place, and I'm like, dang, Last this is my place favorite. you traveled, then? Uh, last place, uh, we, did, we did our honeymoon in Greece, and we did uh, Athens, Santorini, and Mykonos. And that oh, was really, Mykonos. Yeah, Mykonos. Oh, that, was, that was definitely nice. my favorite. Yeah. Like, that was an experience. Um, I need to get over to Japan and do all the stuff that, that Tyus did. He made his experience look. You saying you didn't get you didn't make the fun. cut for that? I didn't make that. You I didn't, didn't get the invitation invite for that. Shit, I barely made the yeah, cut. Tyus is not gonna play. I got the call like EDC. Hey man, hey, we we need an extra guy. You, you mind? That's, that's how. That's literally how it was. It was weird. They, they got there oh, wow. and they were like, "Welcome for everybody," and there was yeah. nothing for Tyus. No, nah, <laughs> no, nah, they actually had something there which I was very surprised with, but you know. I was just happy to be there. Just happy to be there, exactly. Be there. That's what I say about my marriage most of oh the time. Like, I am just happy to be here. Oh, gosh, man. Hey, what company, <laughs> what company has the expertise and technology to make your home substantially more energy efficient, comfortable, and even virus-free? It's A.J. Michaels Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis at AJMichaels.com. Tyus Bowser Show, Press Box and 105.7 The Fan. Uh, Justice, you you owed your brother one, right? A couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. you, you you definitely you needed that one back, correct? Yeah, we're back two and two now. We played three times last year. I won the first one. They got the last two, the ones that really mattered. And um, shoot, we off to a good start this year. So for, correct. For, the, for, for those who don't know, who's your brother? Yeah. Okay, my brother. He plays. His, his name is Daxon Hill. He plays on uh, the Bengals. And yeah, we just faced off a couple. This is awkward because the inclination ago. from everybody was to boo, but then yeah, they were like, "Wait, it's his brother! Oh, I don't know how we do this." Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna give him too much attention or spotlight. But <laughs> he's a guy out there, number 283, and we play each other twice a year. So, yeah, what's it been like being able to do that these last couple mm -hmm. years? Like, there's a few years difference, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know how many times you've ever like yeah. been able to compete against mm -hmm. your brother over the years. What's mm -hmm. that been like to have that opportunity to go against him in yeah. the NFL? No, this is actually my first experience with it. We were on the same team my senior year, his freshman year of high school, and that was the only time we actually played together, but we weren't going against each other. And so this is actually the first time last year, like we literally went entire life never playing against each other or really on the same team. And then in one year we played each other three times. It was it was a crazy experience, man. And so now it still it still is a shock when we do play each other. And like, dang, my bro really right, he really just tackled me. But um, 
it, it's becoming more and more normal. Do you tell him you love him? Like during the are you like you bro? I'm, on the, on the you, or do you tell nah. talk more trash nah. because it's your brother? No, nah, I, I always talk trash. Like even even if it's not the game, I'm always talking trash. But um, especially that week is just ten times more amplified. He usually, <laughs> don't, he usually don't even answer the phone. It's uh, Haley. Like we had a we were trying to Facetime him, get some content on the on, on the the Ravens page, and he. He didn't even answer. He like, I had to call him two or three times, and then he finally answered. He was like, I'm going to get him a shot, man. I'll call you back. Like, he couldn't even get two words off. Like, he, he tried to avoid me during those weeks because he okay, knows I'm talking I, big stuff. How serious is the trash talk then? Like, are you – because, like, it's if you say bro. something about his mom, you're you saying, saying it about, about your, your mom. mom. That's your mama. Uh, I, you, you have siblings? You have any siblings? What's that? You have any siblings? I do. I have a sister. Oh, a sister. I guess it's not yeah, the same. It's not the same. Yeah, yeah, it's correct. not the same. It's not the same. Yep. It's just the same talk you've always done from when you were a yeah. kid. You know, you are, he's always the little brother, so you yep. always just talk bad on him. And so I, he's used to it, but it still affects him. Like, he still had that little brother syndrome when y'all doing the <laughs> What's the What's the offseason like mm-hmm. for y'all after, yeah. like, game, especially, like, last year when y'all played mm-hmm. each other three times? What is that offseason yeah. like I mean, being around? Good thing yeah, he, you had to wear you out, didn't you? Like, good thing he's not, like, a trash target like I am because okay. I would have wore it out yeah. the whole offseason. Okay. But he actually didn't even bring it up at all, so it was it was smooth. But I've definitely been already talking about it I since our win that. a couple weeks ago. Man, so. all the years of being the little brother, <laughs> he wins two games <laughs> against you. At the end of the year, he doesn't say anything. Man, you think I'm quiet and stuff, but Dax, man, he, he's even quieter than me. So he didn't, he he doesn't talk any 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 noise. So. He makes it easy. What a big miss that is. I got yeah, I know, right? a lot of questions about your brother. That's what I'm saying. Especially if I'm playing against him. Oh, yeah, we talking. Man. What about how does the family handle it? Like, did, did are there folks wearing, yeah. like, the split jerseys? Well, first, did, did, were they able, do they come to the games that you guys play together? Mm-hmm. What, what city do, do they yeah. go to? Yeah, they come to both of the ones that we do play each other. Since it's only twice a year. And then they come to a couple of my games and then a couple of his games. Okay. They make sure they come to those games when we're facing off. So to, to Glenn's point that I think he was going to ask you, yeah. like, whose jersey do you uh, – is it mm-hmm. like Travis Kelsey's mama where she got it like split. dead smack in the middle? Yeah. Or, or, That's what she does now. Uh, she does a T-shirt. It's not a jersey ver- a version of it, but it's a T-shirt version of it. It's, it's a, the split uh, number 43, then 23. She has a nice little design on it. That's but nice. um, Yeah, before they used to wear – mom would wear one jersey, and dad wear the other jersey, and then they switch at halftime. But – um. Oh, but wow. yeah, man. they got they skipping that game up a little bit. I think I like that man. idea better. Yeah. I like that idea better. <laughs> Shoot, boy, I don't know. What about like, do you have anybody else in the family where you like check in that week? Like, bro, who you rooting for? Like, yeah. which whose side you on this week? Hey, they always tell you what you want to hear. So <laughs> <laughs> when they talking to me, they say they going for you, and they talk to Dak, say another thing. Oh, so. man. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't loyal. They ain't loyal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, go so, ahead, Rita. Yeah, so, you know, we know now that you are, you know, one of the featured backs on this team. We know that fantasy football is a thing, right? Glenn has forced me to play. We'll talk about that another day, but he has forced me. And guess what? I am 3-1 and one in the Ooh. league that he forced me to play in. So mm-hmm. there's that. Now, that being said, so am do I. you <laughs> – Oh, are you? Oh, yeah, okay. Do you have people that come up to you now and it's like, I added you to my fantasy team because I need you to play this week. I needed you to, to play on this week. Know, I don't even know what fantasy is. What? <laughs> no, you, no, I don't believe You know the crazy now part? Now I think, now I think you messing with zero chance it's true after what he told us earlier in the segment. I think you're messing with us now. No, I'm, play, I'm playing on that. Oh, okay, exactly. Nah. But no, nobody's actually said nothing to me in person about it. Okay. 
And like, yeah, obviously, if somebody sees some notifications, if, if it's just a person on the street, you're gonna be like, okay, thanks, and move on. <laughs> yeah. But like, the awkward part is when it's like somebody in your life. Yeah. It's like, yeah. hey, bro, can you tell them to give you the ball like I'm five saying. more times? No, I haven't. I haven't experienced that yet. I I know people do though. I know it's, people do experience it a lot, especially on on social media. But yeah, I haven't had the experience in person yet. All right. Um, this past weekend on Sunday, Tyus, uh, John Harbaugh recorded his 150th career win. Uh, it's the only, yeah, sure, absolutely, right? Only the 24th coach in NFL history to reach 150 career wins. Um, being a head coach in the NFL, there's a lot of scrutiny that goes on. Everybody's got an opinion. Can you tell everybody about, like, your experiences? This is the only head coach you've ever had in this league what he's meant to you and what it meant to sort of celebrate that with him afterwards on Sunday. Oh, you, oh, you weren't there. Never mind. Yeah, yeah I wasn't there, but yeah, I wasn't there. I mean, if you wanted me no, to. No, we can start with you anyway, the rest of the question. Okay, and go. okay. I mean, just for me, just being around him for the past six years, it's just been awesome. Just him being a player coach, you know, a guy who always puts his players first, who's always, you know, making sure that, you know, us as players is always in the best position to be successful both on and off the field. And like you said, only, what, 24 coaches have done it. And just to see what he's done is phenomenal. And, you know, that goes to just the type of man that he is, the type of coach that he is that, you know, demands greatness. But he also has a ton of respect. He also has a kind heart. He's also just a good man overall to, you know, his players. And when you have a guy like that who's always, you know, putting you first before anything else, I mean, you know, how could you not play hard for that type of guy, that type of man? So, you know, congrats to him. You know, we definitely appreciate and love this man. You know, he's given me an opportunity and, you know, just forever grateful for him. So definitely happy for him. Justice, I wonder, you know, again, obviously you were there getting to celebrate it, but like we talk about going through trials, tribulations and not knowing what your role might be. What's that been like being around John this entire time? And did it have anything to do with why you wanted to stick around in Baltimore? Most definitely, the the people here are unmatched, and you just hear from guys that been on other teams and in different organizations, and they come here and they like, bro, yeah, it's something spe special here. No, nothing's like this, and I can see now, now being here for like five years, um, the things that he imparted to us, like all the things that Tyus mentioned, but even the messages he just gives us every single day, um, they're almost like uh, like you going to church every single day, getting a message, and it really. Getting you a word in today. Get your word in. Get your word in today. Monday through Monday. Seriously. And those things really help you grow and develop as just a, a player. And that's really the thing that has shaped the, the organization. And I, I think those things are extremely important. And I didn't realize that until I got here, especially being at other, other levels and playing for other coaches and seeing how they run it. I can definitely see why uh, the Ravens has been the Ravens for so long. So. It's awesome. That is awesome. Would y'all please make some noise one more time for Tyus Bowser, Justice Hill. If watching football recently, for no reason in particular, has made you more interested in Taylor Swift, then Great Eights Memorabilia is hosting a private screening of the Taylor Swift Eras Tour film, complete with a catered brunch, glam sessions, popcorn, drinks, and more. As you can tell, Tyus is fired up about being out there. He can't, he can't wait. I know Tyus. Sunday, October 15th at Horizon Cinemas Aberdeen. <laughs> Find out more. Facebook.com slash Great Eights Memorabilia with the number eight or Great Eights Memorabilia.com. When we come back in, it's 
Pittsburgh week. We will talk about that next. It is the Tyus Bowser Show, Press Box 105.7 The Fan. <laughs> 